Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you've started this one off with a bag. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always by his co-host, Destin Soglo Frazier. To think, some of y'all were nice this year, some of y'all got Overwatch Season 2. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> and judging by the increase in OnlyFans uh, accounts, some of you have been very naughty. <laughs> uh right? I mean, I feel like there's naughty and then there's you got just enough money to buy the battle pass so. <laughs> but don't worry Santa's within the age demographic where he's cool with that too on the side <laughs> just the side though yeah Santa on the side there's already one quote for you there. you're gonna find <laughs> that one for me because I don't I don't really have the uh the thing in front of me you know what i'll quote it right now i don't care so yeah i'm gonna quote it while we talk a little bit here so yeah on tonight's episode we're gonna talk about a little bit of controversy that uh happened more matt riddle stuff you know he has he has a lot of angry uh angry women in his life right we're also gonna go over yeah we're also gonna go over tribute to the troops believe it or not we haven't done that in a really long time right lord i forgot that even happened and this one's gonna totally be worth it. No, it's not. I'm lying, but we'll, but we'll still talk about. I'm about to don't you lie to me, don't you? you know, and of course, Raw, SmackDown, AW, Dynamite, and Rampage, and Monday Night Raw, and all of the other weeklies. Who the ugliest Santa was? What happened between Rock and the DC Universe? Uh, a new trailer for the AEW Fight Forever game. Police footage of a former WWE star, and that's never good. <laughs> and various other. <laughs> Things that are that'll bring <laughs> various things that'll bring the Christmas spirit to your to your household <laughs> during this uh this wonderful Christmas Eve, right? Nothing says uh Christmas like police footage. Right. <laughs> hey man, look, some people spike the eggnog, some people spike it a little too much. There's an art to these things. Alright, let's get into some news here. So to keep things in the spirit of Christmas, we got to start with a Santa story. Thank God there was one, right? Otherwise, we would just say uh, that there is no uh, Christmas stories for this particular situation. Give me a minute to gear up my stuff here. There it is. So apparently there was a list that was done, a recent study. And they listed like the the worst Santas, like the ugliest Santas on television. Oh God! Yeah, you didn't hear about this. No. Okay. Well, we're gonna bring this, that. This list sounds up. terrifying. We're gonna bring that list up here. <laughs> I know who won this one. <laughs> so for anyone listening to the podcast on iHeart, you got Alan Hale Jr. It was in Gilligan's Island. Damn. Episode Birds Gotta Fly, Fish Gotta Talk. So they had an encounter with Santa and Santa left them on that island. You would think Santa would be the last episode, right? Because he has a flying sleigh. How the hell did Gilligan get stuck? Santa could have sent word to his loved one. What kind of a Santa are you? And then before we had Douglas Steele. 
Oh, no, I'm sorry, Douglas Seal. Santa 85, Amazing Stories, Ernest Saves Christmas. I'm not going to remember that movie. <laughs> but that was your time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but you know, who gives a shit? I, the Ernest movie sucked then, too. <laughs> My favorite one was Ernest Goes to Jail because he went to jail. Because <laughs> you were hoping it'd be like an episode of Oz, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I hated that character. You know, they had to plot armor him out of that. You know how he escaped? He literally gets electrical powers, like Raiden. I'm not even joking. Go watch the movie, and he starts like attacking people. <sighs> like, they had to plot armor the shit out of that 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 stupid ass character. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Are we talking about him? Anyway, Dick Van Patten, a mouse, a mystery, and me, the Santa Trap. I don't know that one either. Chuck McCain, Chuck McCann, a very retail Christmas. <laughs> I like oh that name. God, and can I read number one? Sure. Santa, Santa, <laughs> Phil Goldberg from Santa Slate. Dog, you can't even Santa right, bro? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker can't wrestle or bring Christmas cheer. Ain't that a bitch? Dude, he makes. Dude, he makes an. If if this was, if this was Middle Earth, he makes an ugly dwarf in this shot. God, he's the dwarf that was picked last for the army. Like he, he looks. He looks like the homeless that the other homeless don't want to hang out with. Like, hey guys, you know, um, they're bringing us Christmas cheer. They're bringing us a. Uh, they're bringing us clothes. They're bringing us food. Shh, shut the fuck up. Bill's going to hear. This was 17 years ago. You know, I've heard about Santa Slay, but I've never actually seen what he looks like. And I'm so angry that I now know. Apparently, he has an agreement with WWE. This was also noted that he, that runs through 2022, but there's no matches remaining on it. Well, let's keep it that way. I don't think there'll ever be matches added to it, to be real with you. Unless something has profoundly changed about the business as we know it, I would be shocked. Do you remember the Tough Enough that Triple H was on? I think I vaguely remember that one. And they asked everybody what their favorite wrestlers were. This was this is almost like the one where where uh where what's her name Cameron said the one. Okay, where Cameron was like Alicia Fox or Malia was her favorite. The one with Malia. Oh, and no, Fox. I think I see where this is going. This one it was Triple H asking, and one person said Goldberg. I, I wish I had, had the clip ready. We could find it some. He got in that guy's face, and he was like Goldberg, Bill Goldberg, and like he he buried Goldberg, man. He was like, "That's your hero, a guy who's been in this business like two years." Who is no like he completely fucking go back and watch the original tough enough. He he buried him. Because it's the logic that goes behind Goldberg fans. Like your guy is all not by barely sizzle. Yes. And like no stake. Triple H has a very low opinion of him, to say the least. You know? Yeah, so is anybody else with common fucking sense. Like But the one thing that the only reason why I wouldn't rule it out is because of the fact that I don't know if it's just me, but over time, even though Triple H has stayed the same personality wise, he seems like he's become like a lot nicer of a guy. Like once he hit, hit his business role, you know what I mean? Like you never really see like the Triple H I remember 
was pretty mean. Like even when he wasn't being yeah, Triple H character. You know what I mean? Like he over. seemed to like be really tolerant of people. He looks at things like from a more family friendly side. Maybe he likes Goldberg now. Like maybe not like maybe he's still learning from the McMahons. Like maybe he doesn't because before he was looking at it from a wrestler's angle. Like you know, like this guy's not a good wrestler. Like now maybe he sees like the value of of Goldberg. You know what I mean? Which, come on, you got to be real. There is value in Goldberg. If we're talking about the wrestler, the clumsiness of him as a performer and as a wrestler, yeah, that kind of sucks. But there is value in Goldberg and the Goldberg brand. Like, we can't act like, which people do, we can't act like the entrance isn't cool and the music isn't cool. Oh, yeah, I mean, if I I need somebody to stand in pyro and go, yeah, I go, of course, right there. You know what I mean? Like, the character... But you know what I mean? Like, the character, the concept, the way he came out and stuff. Like, the presentation performance-wise, it was an illusion, of course. But so's the entire business in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So it was a really cool illusion, and I didn't mind that about it. Think about how many other people you've had in the business that they tried to have them come out and be like this thing where it's like, who is that? What is that guy all about? And then it sucked. didn't really care. They kind of needed to give the run sheet of who they were before they introduced them. Goldberg was literally like a successful run at having a guy who really doesn't know how to do anything, but presenting the illusion that to the mainstream demographic looked at this guy and, and, and enjoyed it, you know, and got him over. I think he's more of a testament, not to him as the character, but to the business itself that was capable of doing something like that, you know, because that doesn't happen. You know, when's the last time you've seen it? To be honest, I hate to say it and no disrespect, man, really. But aside from the last time I seen something done that well was Hogan. Because yeah. a warrior, warrior, you know, like, oh, warrior especially warrior, oh my warrior, God. probably more than Hogan. Actually, he's terrible. He's terrible. I don't know if you guys ever went back. Go back and watch some of those matches. Really bad, man. It's like it's not bad like when we talk about how a lot of the guys we like now are green. It's bad where it's it's almost like insalvageable. It's like no disrespect to no disrespect to other nationalities or ethnicities, but have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who spoke zero percent English and you don't realize it? Like you kind of you, as you're speaking, you think there's a hope that maybe there'll be some language barrier, but then you realize that they're devoid of they, they're devoid of a hundred percent English. There's just nothing. So you just stare at each other. It's like ah, you both realize it. Like ah, oh, man. Like yeah. I know English. I can't even say no English. I don't even have the no that's in the English language to say no English. Like if it, that, That's sort of where uh, he was wrestling-wise. <laughs> you know what I mean? The motherfucker hit a clothesline, a splash. That was it. At least Hogan had like a slam or two in there. Yeah. Like, like if watch, the, the, he had nothing, and they managed to get him over. It was like, so... It was beyond the point. If somebody has some language ability, you can still somewhat communicate. You know what I mean? Like you can still use the little bit they know to get your point across. When someone knows nothing, which is what Warrior knew in regards to the language of wrestling, there's like there's no way to teach him from that point. It would be really hard. And I kind of feel that way. I shouldn't be shit talking him. But aside from Warrior, Goldberg is like the only other person who has that. Yeah. That I can really see, the problem with it is, though, really... is that now we're in a day and age where that WCW illusion doesn't exist. But the problem, to be honest with you, was that it worked well because half of it wasn't an illusion. Like, the guy playing the character Goldberg didn't understand the illusion part enough of it to protect his opponents. So that's why it was so cool in a, from a visual standpoint. He was probably, a lot of those guys, which are tough guys, thankfully, especially over on Nitro, but a lot of those guys, he would probably just shoot spearing them. How the hell would he know how to spear somebody? He didn't even know how to do a roundhouse kick. 
You know what I mean? They probably were just all taking a stiff spear. It's not like this. It's, it's not unheard of for someone green to come into the business and be stiff because they're green and don't know any better. He was just one of those guys. Vader was like that. And it wasn't because he was green. He was just stiff. But the point is that sometimes you work with stiff people. I'm pretty sure that Goldberg was just one of those people that just worked stiff and people just tolerated it. And that's why it looked good. He was never protecting his opponent. It wasn't just with, uh, with Brett. It was like he was just a guy who he really didn't. Oh no, he didn't give a fuck about nobody's safety. It's not that he didn't give a fuck. It's that he, I don't think he had the knowledge or the insight or the experience in the business to understand that concept. I mean, let's not forget that it's not like it'd be one thing if we could say that he didn't care about anybody else if he was only harmful to others. But the fact that he's harmful mainly to himself is an indication that he doesn't understand the barrier between kayfabe and otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, take The Rock, for example. The you Rock weren't knows really supposed to headbutt the door, you jacket. Exactly. Like, The Rock knows that he's a badass, but The Rock's not going to try to fly like Shazam. You know what I mean? At times, Goldberg didn't understand that Goldberg was, was a work and not a shoot. Think about when he ran and he tried to punch through the window of the limousine with his bare hand. That's something that Goldberg, the character, would do, not the guy playing. You can't punch through the window of a car you made, but he tried. He fucked his line. Remember, he had stitches and shit. He was all fucked up. Like he tried. See, you to know what the bad part about this? So, when, when, by the time Goldberg was at that point in your career, I feel like somebody had to have said something. But he was a new. So you know I'm just saying, bro. He, this sort of like, like when we got to what was it a few years back when he headbutted the door and then forgot his promo. You can't tell me somebody didn't sit there like, yo, you guys start pulling this shit. At a certain he, he point, I'm like, bro, you just fucking stupid. He doesn't know the line of intensity. Some that's what makes that. That's literally and people don't understand that when we talk about that on here. That's literally what we mean when we say a good wrestler. It's not about how good their moves are or how much they win. That's all kayfabe storyline shit. It's about literally that line is kind of hard to tread for some people. And Goldberg's one of those people. He doesn't know how to be intense. What actually doing intense things which fucks a lot of stuff up remember who was it that whipped fucking enzo into the ropes and ko'd him like he's his body so oh, yeah out. simon simon now grim yeah simon grim formerly gotch remember him like his he was excited and he got overexcited and he kind of forgot about the fact that when you whip an opponent into the ropes that the that the momentum of them swinging into the ropes for safety's purposes should be on them not you you're doing the motion of whipping them but a professional would know you're not actually physically hurling this person because that would be really fucking reckless what you're doing is you're going with that momentum and there's a rhythm almost like a dance almost like ice skating there's a rhythm to it where it's like you're moving with them but they're completely in charge of their momentum going into those ropes Gotch, even though he's experienced, got excited and he threw. He also Enzo Small. He probably forgot about that too. He 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 slingshotted him into the ropes, and the guy had no control over his own footing. But the point being, that's similar. That's a good way to look at Goldberg and understand what he does. Goldberg doesn't know how to rein himself in when he's doing things enough to make it look good, without it actually being impactful. Whether it be a, a kick, a spear, a headbutt, like he doesn't know where to make that line which is unfortunately what makes a good wrestler and is realistically what makes him a bad wrestler you know when we say it's bad it's not because we don't like his moves or we don't like it's like that's all storyline stuff they could change him into somebody else they wanted to it's ultimately he doesn't understand how to dance the language of wrestling if you will you know without it being legitimately dangerous and that's really why we criticize him. For people who are big Gobermars say, oh, I don't know how you didn't like him. He was a bad he did this. Yeah, of course, you know, for the purpose of the Nitro storylines, absolutely. But that guy, a lot of people who were just professional knew how to either tolerate or take a lot of shit that he was dishing, which that's usually the case between a veteran and a green guy. You know, the green guy kind of has to either lay his shit in correctly or, or he'll fuck up and, and, and like it'll look like crap. The difference was they weren't pushing guys like that for world champions. 
And then you got to think about the psychological perspective of it that we never talk about on here. I, I look at Chronic, that tag team Chronic that came from the from the invasion that were fighting Undertaker and Kane. Oh my god! I know they had some sort of heat with Undertaker, and I forget what it was. But those guys, if you go back and watch their matches with them, look like they weren't trying to hurt anybody. Like they look like they look like you would look on your first day at a new job. Like you're not trying to mess anybody's shit up. You're not trying to keep in a low profile. You're minding your business. You know what I mean? These guys all came from an invasion. If you go and watch, they look like they were trying their very best not to make their shit look good, but not to accidentally hit Undertaker too hard. Go back and watch that match and keep in mind that they look like they were trying to prioritize not hitting Undertaker. That's all they cared about. I think at that point, as much as people say, oh, we were all here for our careers and stuff, I think some people were there for their own well-being. Like, no, we don't want to get our asses <laughs> shoot kicked out here more than we want this job. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this is a this is a matter of literal life and death with The Undertaker. So we're new here. We literally just came through the door like yesterday and we're fighting Undertaker. We're probably going to not lay our shit in too much. So you got to look at people like Goldberg or people that aren't comfortable with, with each other. And that's the way that it's going to be. Rock and Austin are a great example. They have great chemistry. They know each other. They're buddies, though. You know what I mean? It's probably easier. They've had how many matches? That's the reason they put people up against each other a lot of times. Because that could be your go-to match. Once you know the guy well enough, you know where to hit him, how to hit him. You're comfortable enough with each other to take a slap or a punch. You can't do that like with a stranger. Like imagine walking into a new a new office or a new wrestling federation. The person you don't even know in the first segment, you have to slap them, and they they tell you to make it where it's like a like a they want to see the marks on the person. I mean, some people might not give a shit. We always do have people who who wouldn't care. They do it no matter what. But for a green guy or for a Goldberg, if you will. It's either one or the other. You're either going to be really rough or really, really, uh, or not laid in enough, I guess. You know? Yeah. So, you know, just to defend the guy a little bit, I get why he sucks. I'm not saying he doesn't suck. I'm just explaining how and why he sucks. He definitely sucks. But I'm just saying these are the things that he didn't do correctly. Not like because of all the character or whatever. Like the guy doesn't wrestle good. You know, there's just certain, and like I said, for me, it's just a certain shit that I feel like by that time in your career, you should fucking know how to do. Not really. <laughs> what career? Not really. He he had like he had a terrible, like his whole career was squash matches, and then he it's came like, over to God. His, his whole career was mainly squash matches, except for the infamous Regal match and a few other ones. And then he came. That's over another thing here. I think why I don't like. I'm like I don't. There's a, there's a time for squash matches, but once you hit a certain point, no more squash matches. But that was the gimmick. And then he came over to WWE after everything folded. And what did he really have? He couldn't. WWE's booked very differently. He couldn't be the Goldberg that he was in Nitro. They don't have like 200. They don't have a, a Tony Khan roster. We don't have like tons of people that we could bring out every week for you to spear and hit with the jackhammer. You'd go through the whole roster too fast. And and also, even if they had that many, WWE doesn't bury people like that where they would allow one guy, an outsider nonetheless, to come into their company. And then just because he's a badass, they let, at least they let him do that that, that freaking double leg takedown to the rock as, as an opening thing. But they didn't, you know what I mean, to make him look strong. But you know what I mean? They're not going to have this guy do what he did over there. Like, can you imagine these guys? These guys literally fought through the whole invasion and the Monday Night Wars, the shit that everybody had to eat in order to survive and come out the other side of that. And you're going to have the guy, one of the main guys that was responsible. And hey, you're all going to get speared. Comes in and just we're going to have 200 of you guys spear him. So first of all, he came from a company where he was doing squash matches. Now he's here, 
and you can't give him that gimmick where he's going to run through your actually efficient roster. It was easy to do with the Nitro roster because they had a lot of jobbers on it. It's harder to do because we only kept efficient people here at the end of the Attitude Era. By the end, it was stacked to the top with just champions and like just world class people, pun somewhat intended there. You know, so like, like 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 the bottom of the ladder in WWE when he first showed up, yeah. or the guys. He got when he got near the top of the ladder in WCW. <laughs> Remember, Goldberg's whole run was only like a year, and that's because he didn't like it here. He was treated like anyone else will be treated that came in, that regardless of the thing. Go back and watch. Wasn't he in like the Elimination Chamber? He wasn't even like a big focus of it. Triple H was whipping his ass. Kane whipped his ass at some, certain points of it. He wasn't. Yeah, like I remember. I remember in, in the Elimination Chamber, he got he he. <laughs> when you think about it, the Elimination Chamber epitomized his start in WCW until he got the WWE. He got to come out of that pod, run through every. Everybody and then Triple H came in and said, "Nope." Yeah, and that was a pedigree. Bye. You know, this is the this is different <laughs> sledgehammer world. pedigree. Goodbye and good night, bang. We have, to, <laughs> we have ways to deal with that. They weren't going to let him, so I think that's why he left. And also, they pushed him like shit. So, but the point being, his only experience that he ever had besides that squash run that we saw was the little bit of time that he was here in the early 2000s that didn't amount to anything. The bit, the, the thing he was most known for was the was the Brock Lesnar match that he left on, and then since then he's come back. And it's been the guy you've seen who's been banging his head into lockers and shit. Like, where in that duration do you see the experience that he would have accumulated? When you really think about it, in a lot of ways, he's a victim of the business just as much as we're a victim of having to watch that shit. Because he really, he never really had any proper anything. All of his runs were designed for this guy to never be good. You know? Like, big surprise. He's in the way. <laughs> he kind of wasn't. It was like, you know, and, and even with that, was, I, I think, I think, I think, it's, I think it comes down to the heart of it. I don't want people in the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, if you, you, you can go stand in the pyro on AEW where Tony Khan do whatever the fuck because he doesn't give a shit. But here, it. where people are actually like contributing, I don't need in the way Santa Slay. Like, you know. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I understand why he sucks, and I don't want to see him any wrestle any more than the rest of you guys do. <laughs> But I just see it from a different because some people don't get it when we're talking about what it is that doesn't work with him and what it is. No, that no, doesn't. trust me. There, there, there is a, there is a lot. Everybody here has logic on why they can't stand this motherfucker. Like, no, it's like we have so much good and so many people working our asses off. The fuck is Bills doing here? And look at Triple H, man. Never heard anybody with his offense. You could name <laughs> all of his moves. Did stuff, did, did stuff that by all means should have hurt people. <laughs> You know, if you, you can name all his moves in your head and not one person has ever suffered any kind of injury from any of them. What does he have? He has that face buster that he does where he whips him against the ropes and then face buster down on one knee. Pedigree, spine busters, high knees. Yeah, the jumping high knee that he does off of the ropes. Um, The kicks to the corner, the, the corner, the corner stomps. Uh, there was else? that period of time where he was using the Indian death lock. Never heard anybody with that. But... Yeah, you know, it's like not, not, not one complaint. Well, all the while, all I gotta do is just say Goldberg drop Undertaker on his head. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Recently, Bischoff was talking about that. I don't have the audio drop here, but he he spoke about that match, and he he said, and he brought up a good argument. He wasn't trying to, uh, it wasn't anything against Goldberg, but he said that there were quite a few spots in that match. If you go back and look, I believe there was a turnbuckle spot he mentioned specifically where he's like. It didn't necessarily have to be the kick. It could have been a number of things where he bumped there that caused that to happen. And he said that he's not he's not saying that it wasn't the kick, but that if this was a court of law and there was a jury, you could definitely convince them that it was another bump in the match. We could analyze that at another time. But, uh, you know, who knows, really? 
Yep. Anyway, we got a trailer of this thing. Let's not get out of the Christmas festivities, right? Oh, God. Grandpa, I want the truth about Christmas. If it's the truth you want, then it's the scary truth. Ah, this looks old. According to the oh, Bible it is. Laws, Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. But now, all bets are off. Santa? What? Or a legend. He's real. Only he's not bearing gifts and presents anymore. Christmas can sure scare the dickens out of people. He's scary yet educational. I'm just trying to spread a little Yuletide fear. Are you saying Santa is offing everyone who's. How did I not ever see this? What the fuck? Shot Santa? This holiday season. Bolt the windows. Oh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. Everyone stand back. Things are about to get a little messy. And block the chimney. Cause naughty or nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa's sleigh. Go ahead, kid. Let's see what Santa got you. I hate children. Wow. How the hell did I never hear about that? Did you see that? Grandpa, I want the truth about What? In the fresh hell. That is that is very 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 odd, right? Oh my! It looks like about the quality of movie he'd be in. Yeah, he makes a better Santa than he did a wrestler. Ironically, I'll take this Santa oh over that. Huh? Wow! <laughs> this, looks, this looks horrible. This looks horrible. If it was made for TV, it looks horrible for a made-to-TV. It wasn't. I don't think it was. It better have been. What would this have been? There better not have been no damn movie theaters. Nobody would go to see it. It had to be a box office bomb. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we would have heard about this shit if it was movies. This, this, see, see what it is? This was probably made for movie theaters in the ghetto. Nobody in the ghetto wants to see this. <laughs> exactly. A bomb there, too. What the hell, right? <laughs> How the hell didn't I ever hear about this? Because you have self-respect. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> it's not like there was a duration of time where I wasn't watching wrestling. This is How did this not come up in a conversation with somebody? You know what I mean? Like This is just one of those things I can't believe. Well, this was 2005, so this was the year after he left. Yeah. So no, everybody wanted to forget he existed for at least that first year or two. Hold on a minute. This is this is a year after he left from that Madison Square Garden thing with with uh. Yeah, that 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 man match was two thousand four. This trailer came out in two thousand five. What's up, Quest? And you know what that tells me? Think about 
Oh my God. <laughs> like this guy decided to go off to become a football player. Wasn't that the original thing? Was it? I think uh. he was leaving to become a football player. Was that Brock? Was, that was, was Brock. Brock. So what was Goldberg leaving because just because he hated it there, right? That was it. He just hated it. Yeah, he couldn't go. Look, he couldn't mow everybody down. Like yeah. the only thing he could do from back in the day was stay in the pyro. One year later, oh ho ho! Like, like well, congratulations, kid. You got to actually work here. Oh my God! You know it just hit me. What? If you look at Goldberg versus like other people. Goldberg's the people in Fortnite who say the season sucks because the building is not as good. Goldberg he didn't like it because he actually had to get good here. Oh, God. That's awesome. So, yeah. You see, we started with a little Christmassy thing here. The other guy looks more Santa, but I get it. He's supposed to be an ugly Santa. So it's like not his fault. They just chose yeah. an ugly person. They said, hey, you could be an ugly Santa. You look like shit. You'll fit the bill. I don't even know what to... I don't have anything else to say on this. I am I am done. <laughs> oh, I did not know what I was getting into. <laughs> Moving along, there's apparently a new AEW Spotlight trailer here that we can check out. That's going to be more fun and exciting than a, than a Christmas Goldberg miracle. The champ. Not bad. I mean, I, I that unfortunately, when it comes to wrestling games, they're just one of those things that you have to, uh, you have to be able to play to know if it's good. You know, it doesn't matter how good it looks or anything. Yeah. You, know, you have to have the gameplay. I remember you were terrified it. leading up to two K twenty two. Oh yeah, but you guys were really putting over that GM mode. <laughs> oh, that was Ask You. Oh yeah, it was Ask You. And I was say I I was happy it was there, but in reality I was right there. I was like, I don't give a shit what's in there as long as the game works. <laughs> See, I was happy with just universe. I didn't need GMO. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, it looks good. What are your thoughts on this game so far? So far, I mean, I'm liking what I see. Like for what for what the the look of the game is supposed to be, it looks good. Like I said, like I went into the once they said they were kind of designing it more like no mercy. I knew we weren't gonna get like the 2K stuff we get now. But I mean it looks like it runs smooth. I do like some of the stuff we've heard up until this point with some of the roster that we've seen. Uh of course the addition of the lights out matches, the different weapons we're gonna have. It looks like they're definitely taking their time and making sure they get every detail of this game that they have intended right. And they do have the more experienced company. Yeah, like, I mean, they have Uke, so it's just like, that's, just hearing that by itself, there's pretty high hope going into the game. Yeah. Because Uke's doesn't really make bad stuff. They have off years sometimes, but the games are never terrible when Uke's is in charge. 
Yeah. Like 2K20 suffered like 2K20 suffered like it did because Ukes wasn't there. Do you think it'll be an annual title? See, that much I'm not sure, honestly. I would prefer for it not to be, mainly because that would make it feel a little bit more special. Like, if, like my ideal thing is I want it to be kind of like uh, how uh, the current uh, EA Sports UFC games are, to where it's not that a game comes out every year, but the roster maybe gets like updated every once in a little while. Mm-hmm. Like if they get like a new debut or somebody leaves, they either remove or take people, remove people or put them back in. Yeah, but it won't be as lucrative as if they are. Uh, they go the old route, you know. Yeah, that's the problem. Unless they microtransaction it up, which no one's gonna like that either. Let's be real. Some of y'all, I do understand. As long as it's not Overwatch bad, it can't be that bad. They needed to release this game before WWE got their footing back into gaming because now the company is <laughs> yeah. good. You know, all they're going to do is build on the WWE 2K22 game that they already seem to have down. And now they can focus on fixing the features like the GM mode and adding new stuff. They even said that they were going to use this year to do exactly what they did, which was to fine tune the game. And the game's fine tuned. This company's always a little bit late to getting their shit together. Kind of like with the uh, Triple H situation. They had perfect time while Vince was losing his shit and, and they were falling apart. And they screwed around. They had a lot of fucking Marco stunt shit and uh, freaking swole and all this other bullshit. And you know what? It was at the most... I've never seen WWE at a more vulnerable point in all of their existence. And what right. did they... And they answered back with Big Swole and Marco stunt... You know, and all this other bullshit. The point being that, like, the same thing's sort of happening with the game, where it's like they needed the big guns, and, and now WWE has their footing in both the gaming and the booking. So now you got your work cut out for you if you're going to dominate in anything. I mean, at this point, dominating for AEW isn't going to be realistic anymore. They need to put out a good game. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no, there's no hope of domination anymore. That ship has sailed and then sunk in the middle of the ocean, like... AEW just needs to focus on making sure their product doesn't suck and their game doesn't suck because that's as good as it's going to get for them. I just can't believe that we lived in a world not too long ago, under two years ago, where both the WWE game and the product sucked and there was another company. And somehow we went through that era and they managed to get it. It's like the strangest thing ever to see that. It's like the equivocal to like somebody being on the ground for ready for you to hook their leg and cover the pin. And instead you walk around the ring and just taunt and taunt and taunt and they small package you, you know, like I just so can't So believe- what you're saying is you're the guy. So it's saying is you're basically the guy I fought online a couple of days ago. <laughs> that's great but yeah oh it was great he he just he hit me with his treasure he had me there's the right and it's like no stupid like i'm still here i just can't believe that there was a point where there was not there i don't want to say there was no competition because the brand of wwe is always going to be competition i just can't believe that there was so little of it and they didn't capitalize so you know but we're going to talk about that more a little bit later Unfortunately. All right, so we should get into some wrestling. What do you, what do we watch? Do we just go in order? We should probably go in order, right? Just start with a SmackDown. Hey, what's up, Zio? Zio, going, buddy. Dude, 
Yeah, you, 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 you gotta come backstage sometime, dude. We're gonna watch like this really cool Santa movie with Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, go watch the VOD. You just missed some, some shit out here. <laughs> if you want to see the spirit of Christmas die, go back a little bit from this point. <sighs> I wish our show had a rewind, right? Oh, that'd be <laughs> that'd be awesome. All right, well, starting with SmackDown. Don't worry, we still have some interesting news in between here to do. But SmackDown episode 1217 came to us from Rosemont, Illinois, from the Allstate Arena. Good booking and ignoring our competition. That's Allstate's plan. I like the way this conversation, I like the fact that that they, these guys have conversations like inside jokes and shit. Listen to Sammy here. He said, I can't believe he ate the whole pie. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Friday Night Smackdown. We're going to jump ahead a little bit because there's intros to cover here. But you basically wind up with the WWE Women's Tag Team title match. Diamond Controls. Damage controls Dakota Kai and Io Sky being accompanied by Bailey defending the titles against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. What do you think? So we just throwing teams together, all right? What? Yeah, those are their their buddies now. I guess I don't know. They just decided to do something. <laughs> what's up with the, what's up with like them? Just ever since the Riot Squad left, they just throw Liv and random tag teams down. Like, yeah, yeah, I could sort of see that. Tegan, Tegan has a very Oscar look. Right, she's very colorful when she's come back. Mm-hmm. But she, overall, she's looking really good. I always felt that Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox would be better to stay as a team, you know. But we have this damage control thing going on, so I guess we don't want to jeopardize that. Yeah, but, I mean it's good overall just to see Tegan healthy and moving well. I like the fact that we actually see this power bomb work here. You don't normally see that. It's always teased. They sort of did it safely. But I like the fact that they had the balls for that power bomb to happen. Because I've always said, oh, no, they'll never. You know what it is? You could do the power bomb. You can't do the German. The Germans always tease. The German will never happen. I feel like I've seen the German happen at least once. I don't know. I've definitely never. You'd have to show me that. I know how you're doing. Still be alive afterwards. <laughs> it might be my mind playing tricks on me. But somewhere out there, I feel like I've seen that outside German happen. So, look, a masked person attacks. Who could it be? Bad Santa. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> QR code with disturbing footage of what happened when the lights turned off last week. Hey, it is all over night, but I didn't yeah. get my hair did though. That boy look clean right? too. Your beard got Yankee? Yeah. Not bad, right? It's honest now though. What do you think about the jacket? If I'm honest, yeah. She look good. All right. Okay, because you're a little loose. You know, I'm gonna, you know what? Give me two minutes. Let me get uh, let me get some water. Let me decompress it. All right. Yeet. All right. Yeet. 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 The tribal chief is gonna take away the honorariums <laughs> and make that man a full blown ooze. Man, you know how the tribal chief is. I mean, since Monday and Kevin Owens popping up, I think we sent Sammy up for a big disappointment. Tonight is gonna be a good night. <laughs> More Bray Wyatt bullshit. Jay. Look, he has LA Knight kidnapped. 
didn't walk because he was under the mask. Get it? <laughs> I did get it. <laughs> I, I stole. I didn't think that was gonna work. I was like, "Fuck it, let's see if it happens." Worst case scenario is not as funny as I hope. La Knight does not appreciate being kidnapped. Zeal, thanks for gifting the subs, my friend. This all for three subs. Much appreciated. Preach. Oh, you got, you got, got one. Boba got one. That is dope. And Miku got and one. Miku Look at that. One. Shout out to Miku. And yes, that was a little tribute to Brody because it was Brody's birthday on the SmackDown. And they come to blows, of course. And look, it's Uncle Howdy. And look, it's actually Uncle Howdy. How could they both be there at the same time? Look, I seen two blue blazers during that storyline. I forget them. Forget the people. Well, actually, one turned out to be Jeff Jarrett. WWE tribute to the troops. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Anyway, moving along. Let's get past intros and things because next up, you get the WWE Intercontinental Title match. Gunther defended the championship against Ricochet. The Imperium immediately sent to the back. Yeah, get your asses back here. We want a fair fight. Even though there's nothing fair about this. You know what? They, they really do allow Ricochet to be a smaller guy that has good offense now. You know, he doesn't get thrown yeah, around like a Yeah, he can be small and not be a bitch. Yeah, really solid. Yeah. Those chops. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, pretty brutal. Good Boston Crab that he really sits down on you. What's that like a pump handle back breaker? And more chops. I'd rather take another pump handle back breaker. Oh, more chops. He's not going to be able to breathe anymore. Don't chop him. You're going to encourage him to chop you back. What's that problem? This new slimmer Gunther definitely works better. Yeah, cause even when he was like bigger and I guess in less and in, in like less good shape, he still moved fine. That's the thing. Like he never used to get gassed or tired, but now that he's in better shape, it's even worse. Oh, that's brutal! Look at that. I've seen him do that before. It's awful. Like he knocked him out of the air. Oh, rip, man, rip. Good shot, Rick. Good shot. Yeah, Gunther's having a hell of a run. I'm hearing rumors that they're going to put him up against Brock Lesnar or something. Dude, if he gets a match with Brock, oh, 
my god. Big Oof, what you got going on? What you got playing tonight? Come on, man. You gonna leave me out? Really gonna leave me out? If you gonna make Sammy tonight, you gonna make him Sammy Uso, I'm with it. Sammy Uso, I like it. That's my dog. I love you. Us. And if you don't wanna make him just because of his past with Kevin Owens and how they are, I'll see you out there. I got you. Wiseman. Guess my tribe chief. Pierce. Paul Pierce. Good luck driving back to your hotel tonight. Pardon me, gentlemen, I was summoned. Mr. Pierce, Roman Reigns, and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, and any partner. Pierce, if you like, partner could even be you. You want to do it tonight? <laughs> Where? Uh, the Royal Rumble. December 30th, Tampa, Florida. I'll let Kevin know. WWE Raw slash SmackDown Tag Team title number one contendership triple threat match between the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar being accompanied by Valhalla against Legado del Fantasma, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wilde, formerly known as Zima Ion, being accompanied <laughs> by Davina Vega against Hit Rose, Ashante Adonis, and Top Dollar being accompanied by B-Fab. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. You already know why I'm laughing. <laughs> beautiful dive there. This was a good match up to a certain point. <laughs> no, one even, no one who hasn't watched SmackDown knows why I'm laughing. Those of you that did probably already do. Oh my god, y'all don't understand why I'm fucking crying right now because I'm just waiting. You could laugh because he's alright. You could laugh because he's okay. Yo, we've talked about people doing dives and like feet getting caught on the ropes. I've never seen a man's whole body get caught. Yeah, he. At he that did, moment, he knew it was all going wrong. He did not make it. When trying to be a luchador, go wrong. King Quest Furniture. Oh my god. Okay, we gotta stop for a minute. We gotta stop. Oh my God! Oh Jesus! First of all, we need I didn't to... expect to immediately start laughing the second we got to this match. Let's get an alternate oh. angle here. Oh my good God, dude! Look <laughs> Can you catch right before he hits the ropes? Look at how not close to even making. Oh my god, the rope hit him in the crotch, dude. It, it wasn't oh even like that thing where like god. they skim and they get clipped and come up short. Like, no, he went straight into the ropes and just happened to go over the top. So he tweets, shout out God. One of my legs gave out on the jump, but I'm good. Thankfully, already been checked out. I'm happy. In all seriousness, I'm happy he's okay. I wouldn't make fun of him if he died, which oh, he could have. Yeah. But man, is that one of the worst, funniest botches 
<laughs> That's why he laughs so hard. Is because he's okay, but it's just like the way. Like, oh my god, the way that dude's <laughs> body tumbled. And see, the worst part about it is, it's like that's the worst time for your leg to go out because you can't back out at that point. So you're already you, full speed. Like, there's nothing you can do. So a lot of people, I'll paraphrase this, but a lot of people on social media implied that maybe his leg going out was just an excuse, and that what really went out was his weight, and that he's just too fat to fly. See. I would buy that if it wasn't for the fact that I've seen people bigger than him do it successfully. So he tweets out a video, which we'll play here. And he says, I was 50 pounds heavier in this video than I am now. My leg, my leg gave out on live TV, and some of y'all jokes are actually very funny, but calling me a liar is super weird. It could have been way worse, so I'm blessed. Y'all don't care, though. You know what the sad part about this? He didn't even need to put any words. He could just put just a video, and he wins. It's like showing y'all, I've clearly done this before. (laughs) Like I said, we can look at this thankfully and we can laugh because, yeah, he could have died. Oh, dude, that dude could. Oh, my God. He could have broken his neck, broken his leg. So many things could have gone wrong. I I don't know what to say with this one aside from be more careful. It's not like the Tope Suicida where I don't like it. And I'm like, you shouldn't hit that middle rope because you can clip yourselves going through too many people do it. And some people do it like four or five times. Like if it's a super kick party, this, I've always kind of liked those dives, those over the top rope dives. I think they're great, but they're, they're visually there's so nothing much wrong cooler, with them. They're yeah, actually, gonna... they're actually pretty safe. To be honest, I can't have the same argument I have with the middle rope dive. There's nothing wrong. It's perfectly one of the safest dives you could do. Just fucking be, you know what careful, it is? Bro. What, what makes you this know? one so much safer is because the guy's coming over the top, everybody on the floor has like maybe like a second and a half longer to kind of get ready. Yeah, like I said, it's one of the safer dives. I really don't have anything that I could say except just don't fuck up the safest dive. Mm-hmm. Just make sure, make sure your feet are just, set. Make sure everything's good before you take that jump. You know, the only thing safer than that would be like a frog splash in the ring at this point, you know? But yeah, I'm happy that he's okay. Oh, yeah. The only thing that would have made him posting this clip better is if everybody who was talking shit deleted their Twitter, though. Like, at this point, when a superstar claps back on anybody, that's what I'm always hoping the end game is. (laughs) Especially after Soraya last time. Oh, that bitch sticky that she deleted her Twitter. <laughs> oh, <freaking> believable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, let's get back to this SmackDown. Oh, God. So, yeah, when we last left off, whoop. <laughs> you know? Next week, there's going to be a gauntlet match to determine Ronda Rousey's next challenger. Do you think you're going to be cleared to compete? 
does recommend caution. This is personal. Every time I go to straighten my arm, I remember what Rhonda and Shayna did to me. And last week, they hurt my friend Shotzi. So yes, I will be in the gauntlet match next week. A that make her look so dumb. Remember what Rhonda and Shayna did to me. And last week, they hurt my friend Shotzi. So yes, I will be in the gauntlet match next week. Humiliate. I love how the last word she says is humiliate. Damn. You know what I love so much about that line? That sounds like some shit. If you've ever like seen documentaries about Rhonda, that sounds like some shit her mom would say. Yeah, pretty much. Because Rhonda's, but like, if you ever get a chance to watch some documentaries on Rhonda, Rhonda's mom was like a drill sergeant when it came to training her. I think there was a story she told once when she broke her toe and Rhonda and Rhonda's mom made her do laps and shit. She's, like the, the tiny, fuck? <laughs> she's like the Tanya Harding mom, but of judo. <laughs> If you guys ever seen that, we watched that. So, what you tell you, you know, we tell you, the first time we met Travis Brown, he goes, You fuck her yet? <laughs> Chicago, acknowledge me. I ain't seen my bloodline since War Games. He dominated War Games. Talk about tonight, because tonight was going to be a good night for you. We're going to team up. We're going to have a tag match. And we ain't ever going to see Kevin Owens again. Continues to drag me down. I'm his only friend. I'm, I misspoke. I misspoke. I take him out, and it'll be easy because he's got no one. Uh-oh. You're a little surprised to... I got a text message out of the blue from my longtime friend Kevin Owens. Peacemaker. Merman emoji. Peace sign emoji. <laughs> Do you want to be my tag team partner on SmackDown? Hell yes, I'll be there! Hell yes, I will be your partner! Ho ho! Holy sh! <laughs> yeah, Roman is not pleased. John Cena returns to deal with the bloodline. So there's so many reasons that that's cool. One, we get Cena back. One and a half, we get Cena back in a match. And two, Kevin Owens is teaming with the guy he first encountered when he came up with from NXT. Yeah. And you get John Cena back. That's importantly. freaking sweet. Like... <laughs> Oh, man. Holy shit. The Sami Zayn is in a match with the guy. He showed up on them. There's so many throwbacks to this match. Oh, God. Come on. Come on. Hey, out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. This is him. Yeah. Stick your nose in it. Thank you. Sorry, let's take a There's your mystery attacker. Could you feel my wave of disappointment thinking it was going to be somebody who mattered? 
I was sitting over here like, wait a minute, is this somebody like a caller from anything? Like, oh, it's just fucking Zylee. Okay, never mind. That's who it was. <laughs> what? Thanks so much, you guys. Well, ladies, we saw what you two tried to do to Raquel to keep her out of the gauntlet match. However, we've heard that she still will be in the match, and there are five other women, and the winner will face you, Ronda Rousey, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Do you ladies have a prediction of who will come out of the match? Let's take a look at the field here, okay? So we have Raquel. We all know about Raquel. Emma beat her. Um, let's see here. Uh, Liv already beat her. Um, uh, Tegan, a cheater who doesn't really deserve a shot at the title. Um, let's see here. Uh, we have Zaya. She hasn't even been here long enough to be doing any sort of challenging for any titles, plus, you know? I, I arm barred her for breakfast one day and, and actually forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Sonya oh, that's fucked up. Too, so, I don't know. Are you concerned? No, not, not in the least, actually. Doesn't matter. Well, Raquel always says it has become personal. Why are you two always targeting Raquel? She's always inserting herself into our business. These yeah. questions are getting worse. She started it. Like, I had been nothing but respectful to her. I did nothing but give her opportunities. So, so been great to her. yourself. She clearly doesn't understand. I'm done. This is... Thank you. <laughs> send it back to you guys. Aww. Thanks so much, you Oh, guys. wait, we got more. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Congratulations tonight. You had a <laughs> Look, he's all right. Victory in the triple threat match. You all right, bro? You, will face you good, fam? <laughs> you good, homie? WWE Tag Team Championships. What will you guys do to make sure you're the next tag team champs? Well, to be honest with you, it was obvious that my leg wasn't 100%. But we still beat two of the best tag teams in the world. And we earned an opportunity at the SmackDown Tag Team titles, something that doesn't come around very often. It's a big opportunity for us, and it's our first big opportunity. So I don't care if my leg's 90%, 80%, 70%. We're going to go out there and do everything we need to do to get that dub. Megan, you can know 100% that Hit Row is going to do what they need to do to bring that gold home. Uh-huh. Because you know what, Megan? There is nothing that Hit Row cannot do. I'm telling you. There's man. nothing we can accomplish. And we're going to bring that same energy next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, I keep hearing this word, next, 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 next. You know, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. Uh, a lot of people probably think that Hit Row is next. But Hit Row ain't next. Hit Row is now. Mm. And if you didn't know, now you know. Thank you so much, guys, and best of luck facing the tag team champs, the Usos. Um, and we will send it back to you guys in the studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the SmackDown Lowdown, and I am pleased to be joined by the legendary Rey Mysterio, who just received some very good news. He is medically cleared to compete. But, Ray, I want to get your thoughts on some of the things that Karrion Cross said to you last week. I'm sorry, Megan. I got to stop you right there. Listen, this has been a very personal and difficult time for me. You know, there's nothing stronger than the love a parent has for their child. Now, my son Dom has broken my heart over and over again. And on top of that, it's never easy coming back from an injury. And now I have Cross thinking he's clever, telling stories. Well, I'm not going to just sit there with my arms crossed and listen to his passive-aggressive ramblings. But since he likes stories so much... I have a story for him, and it's about an undersized guy who had big dreams 
and he defied all odds his entire life. And with time, maybe he couldn't run as fast or even jump as high. But it's what's in here that really mattered. He was driven by an unbreakable spirit and... <laughs> what a story. <laughs> Ray, you don't get it, right? Cross was trying to be kind with you when he said, you are past your prime. Eres el pasado. Humberto and I, we are the future. But we sit on the sidelines so you can feed your ego. <sighs> and the sad truth is, your boy torn on you, not only because you held him back, but because you embarrassed him. Ahora, avergoncelo a mi hijo. You think I embarrassed my son. Okay. Well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? And how about next week, either of you step in the ring with me and realize who the embarrassment is? Okay. You guys, we'll send it back to you in the studio. Smackdown did 2.56 million viewers with a 0.50 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Pretty much around the same. Killing it. King Chris's Ray should have said and get beat up like your dad used to. Oh. oh, harsh, harsh. So, what else do we got going on? I'm trying to pick a story here because a couple of these are heavy hitters. I don't know if we want to get into the heavy hitters yet. I don't think yet. Not going into the first hour. Nah. So, The Rock is done with the DC universe. Finished. No more. No more Shazam. No more Black Adam. No fight with Superman. None of that. For anyone that doesn't know, James Gunn was hired to be in control of a reboot of the DC's uh what what the hell do they call there? The DCEU? What does that stand for? I don't even know what the E... I, never, I don't think I ever knew what the E stood for. I never cared enough. But anyway, <laughs> their, their, <laughs> their, their, their version of a cinematic universe. James Gunn, the guy who did the Guardians of the Galaxy movie specifically, is doing stuff for DC. In case you guys don't remember, just off the top of my head, uh, how this came to be was James Gunn did the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies which, by the way, he took a very unpopular cast in regards to the, the, the Marvel characters, and he brought them together for his version of the Guardians, and he got them over, and it was really well done because of the humor, the pacing. He's just an overall good director. But we were in the middle of right. cancel culture, and I guess some old tweets or comments that he made were brought to the surface, and as a result, Disney pulled the plug on him, and they disassociated themselves completely from him, and he wasn't going to be doing the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He was exiled from Marvel and Disney. During that time, DC swooped up and grabbed him. And this is when he did those Suicide uh, Squad movies. Which, uh, if you look at them, the second one I haven't seen it, which I heard was really good. 
but apparently they have the same level of uh, humor. You could even see it in the first one. They have the same kind of humor and pacing as the Guardians movies. They became like sort of like a fun movie. And I guess DC liked what they what he did. So eventually, Marvel and Disney forgave him, just fast-forwarding some stuff in between. And he came back, and he is, in fact, doing the third Guardians movie. But after that, he's done with Marvel, was later on what was being reported. So then we later on come to find that he's going to be in charge of the reboot of the whole DC, since it sucked so much the first time. And we really don't know what that means. The only one who knows is him. Like, he hasn't really showed his hand we don't know what his superman's like we don't know what his batman's like the only thing we have to go by is what his two guardians of the galaxy movies are you know and the fact that marvel might have made a big misstep by canceling him temporarily because in that time he made friends over on the other side and now he's going to be running their whole thing there's a lot of good marvel cinematic movies but i wouldn't undersell those two guardian movies by any means that's a really good choice to have as a guy who's going to reboot your thing they, they have personality. They get serious when they need to. They have a lot of action, cool special effects. None of the characters suck. All bullet points that the DC universe was not hitting. <laughs> right. You know, that's what, so it's, it's like to, if you had to pick somebody, that's a really good director to have. But I digress. That brings us to the current DC universe that's still treading along, whether you're thinking the Snyderverse, which I didn't watch it, but the Justice League. There was a version of the Justice League that Zack Snyder created there was his vision of what it should have been like and when it was received by the suits above him they basically sliced and diced it up into the justice league movie that you all saw i'm sure a lot of you already are familiar with this i'm just rehashing for anyone who's just strictly wrestling then they finally after a lot of pressure from the community uh released the snyder cut of the movie which is this gigantically long justice league movie it's almost twice the size of the one that we saw and uh, the pe- huge. And the people who saw this one, they went, wow, this is an amazing movie. It's a shame that this movie isn't what we got in theaters, that they cut his movie up and turned it into whatever it is they turned it into, the garbage that I saw. But this was apparently like a really good thing. The unfortunate part about it is that due to it being the Snyder Cut, it doesn't fit canologically into the timeline that they have going with the things that they do. But on the other hand, a lot of weird things that were happening in these movies all are answered. Like at one point, I believe, didn't like the Flash or something appear like in a beam of light in the middle of Bruce Wayne's um, back. Like all of the time travel. It was so crazy shit like that. You know, like they actually, all of these things had a position in the movie because it was a long, elaborate movie, but they didn't release it. And there was a whole backlash about that not being the canological one. And after a while, there was this division in the DC universe and it just didn't fit. Zack Snyder wants to reboot it, but I guess they didn't factor in how drastic his version was going to be, because recently it was announced that Henry Cavill would be returning to the role of Superman for the third Superman movie. Is it the third? Has he? Do we have a second one with him, or is it the second? Probably the second, right? I feel like it's the track. second because I don't the remember. Second. I don't remember. But he was returning for another, for another Superman, and uh, this was announced, and I believe we're hearing that The Rock had a lot to do with that. Like at like the rock was uh this was his way of sort of trying to get Black Adam over was the post credit scene spoiler alert there's a Superman post credit scene at the end this was his way of trying to to get that over but it really didn't matter because uh Gunn didn't have any plans whatsoever to use that Superman who was released or that Black Adam. Do you feel any kind of loss to any of these franchises? 
feel like maybe just because it was so recent, definitely the Black Adam, because like I look at I look at Black Adam now, the kind of way I looked at like Robbie Robert Downey Jr. when it came to Iron Man. It's like I can't see anybody else as Black Adam now. Cause like this is already so engraved that fucking King Quest said Vindy is gonna be Black Adam. I'm so done. <laughs> but but it's yeah, it's gonna be weird. Especially because I remember this the Superman we were gonna get. I vaguely remember it. But yeah, I think it's the Black Adam one just because the Black Adam one's so fresh to me, you know. Yeah, well it's gonna be the same Superman that we've gotten. But Gunn has decided that he's making changes. Then they announced that Henry Cavill will no longer be playing Superman in the future because they're going to do a full-blown reboot, which will not have that included, which means that the ending to Black Adam doesn't matter anymore. And uh, there was just poor performance overall uh, with all of these movies, with the Batman v Superman. They're all shitty movies, man. You can't... Yeah, Black Adam apparently didn't do well. No comic book people could objectively... And we've talked on this show for years about this. No comic book people could objectively watch the Batman v Superman, the Man of Steel, the Justice League, and be pleased with that shit. You know, it was it, it was done really poorly. So we gotta whip out the counter again. Oh yeah, right. Remember the old counter of how much I <laughs> that fucking counter. We broke that damn counter. <laughs> so basically, uh they canceled the Black Adam sequel. The Rock unfollowed Warner Brothers. He completely disassociated himself and cut ties. That was earlier this week. There was just a lot of speculation in regards to what was going on. And uh, eventually The Rock did release a statement. I believe we have that here, right? Let me see. I want to read his whole statement, not just like a quote from it. Because he has some explaining to do. All right, so here we go. My passionate friends, I wanted to give you a long-awaited Black Adam update regarding the character's future in the new DC universe. James Gunn and I connected, and Black Adam will not be in their first chapter of storytelling. However, DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in future DC multiverse chapters. James and I have known each other for years and have always rooted for each other to succeed. It's no different now, and I will always root for DC and Marvel to win and win big. You guys know me, and I have very thick skin, and you can always count on me to be direct with my words. I like the fact that he put and Marvel in parentheses. That's almost like saying I'm a free agent. Just saying. (laughs) I read between the lines there, Rock, and I'm sure you meant for me to do that. You You know what you did there, my friend. These decisions made by James and DC leadership represent their vision of DCU through their, their their creative lens. After 15 years of relentless hard work to finally make Black Adam, I'm very proud of the film we delivered for fans worldwide. I will always look back at the fan reaction to Black Adam with tremendous gratitude, humility, and love. We did great. To my very passionate and vocal Black Adam Superman genre friend, fans, I love you, thank you, and I will always listen to you and do my best to deliver and entertain you. What a hell of a month. Now, now we all need some... Terramana. What the hell is that? A drink or something? Have a productive week and happy holidays to, to you and your families. So you know he was burned by just the fact that he unfollowed them, the fact that in his statement he mentions Marvel. It's what The Rock's very classy and he has a way of speaking about things without ever 
it's like the it's like the model that Moxley had when he left WWE to go to AEW, and to this day I do that. I let my silence speak for me. It's not what right. he say. It's what he didn't say. Like, that's what I do. When I have a grievance with someone, like, by the old me, you know me, I'd be quick to motherfuck somebody. The new me, I let my <laughs> silence speak for me in a lot of cases where it's kind of like, you know, you understand how it is. So it's what The Rock didn't say in that, that to me stands on more than anything. Like, he, he's clearly done, and he's thanking everybody. He's saying goodbye to the character. As a matter of fact, uh... The Rock was offered a cameo in the sequel to Shazam, but he he passed on doing it when he was asked. So as much as he's saying that he wishes DC the best and he wants to do well with them, right after this, they were like, hey, man, you know, you could be in a cameo of Shazam. And he just said, no, no. <laughs> you know? Nah. So. <laughs> so, no, there is bad blood here. It's just it's just like it reminds me of the Vin Diesel issues that he had. There's always been bad blood. But it's the way that he handles it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, honestly, for me, I couldn't be happier, and I know that'll piss some people off. But I feel like Rock, no Rock, they needed to purge that whole DC universe. Like, that DC universe is a disgrace to modern cinema, man, when you compare it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love the fact that when you watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it may not be perfect, but you could, like, lose yourself in it. You know what I mean? Like, I could watch one of the Marvel movies at random the way I could walk into a comic store and just pick up a book off of the off of the shelf and take it out of the plastic and just flip through it and, like, laugh and a certain thing. You know what I mean? Like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe got the tone of the Marvel com- comics correct enough where you could just pick up anywhere and like you can really enjoy it and you don't feel like i always find myself i've said this before in here but i find myself with the fox stuff um i find myself with the uh you know like when it comes to the x-men i I find myself with the dc stuff rather than watching it and getting lost in that world and the immersion of it and enjoying it and then being able to um prey on your suspension of disbelief i find myself kind of looking for moments when the characters remind me of their comic book counterparts you know you'll be watching a whole x-men movie in an hour and 45 minutes and you'll be like there there he is. that was a cyclops thing he did that <laughs> that right man the cyclops that, you know, the cyclops that he had the thing yeah same shit man i don't want that when i'm watching like the marvel cinematic universe they they feel like the character that i've read like since i was like a kid the whole time like they say the kind of shit i expect them to say the way i expect them to say it the way it sounded in my head you go back to dc though and i'm watching batman and it's kind of like oh look he did a batman thing there oh look at the batmobile there's the oh alfred i see alfred that's the alfred they chose it never feels like it's it feels it always feels like another alfred not that it's the alfred it never feels like Bruce. It always feels like another oh, this Bruce. is their Alfred. This is their Bruce. This is their Alfred. And I think that's not fair to DC. I feel like they should have always had there should have been a definitive version of these characters that when you think of them in your head, there's a character. Like how shitty is it that that they and that they think of like how many Batmans? Michael Keaton, Val fucking Kilmer, George fucking Clooney, Ben Affleck, the the vampire guy. Like what are we what are we doing here? And none of them act the same. None of them have like a similar way. It's like we're losing the template of who Batman is because so many people are adding so many different nuances to his portrayal that it's become like a wreck. It's almost like people don't know the character well enough to do him anymore. 
Superman's gone through a similar phase. Less actors, but it's almost like they don't really understand how to make these characters behave. Especially, which is the most important thing about these characters, especially when they're not in costume. That's the make or break of a character like that. The way Bruce Wayne acts, the way Clark Kent acts, is the most important thing for you to get right. You know what I mean? Because that dichotomy is what sort of makes us drawn to them. If you fuck up the human nature of these characters, there's no way that they're going to be relatable. And honestly, none of the DC Cinematic Universe characters are relatable. I can't relate with that Superman. Like he, To me, Clark Kent's always been the most approachable, friendly guy I've ever seen in any kind of story. I don't even really remember this guy being Clark Kent too often. He's just always Superman. Bruce Wayne is, is dark and brooding. How would anyone... The last few Bruce Waynes we've had are so dark and brooding that how the hell would people not know that that's Batman? <laughs> are you kidding me? In a city as dark as Gotham, the most dark, brooding person is darker than the city itself. I would be like, look, there's Batman, this dark, brooding, angry guy with the dark eyes that sounds and acts like Batman. <laughs> When smiled in like six months, that's gotta be bad. You know, the one whose mansion looks like fucking Transylvania. You know <laughs> what I mean? What happened to the, the to the whole Bruce Wayne? You know, Batman. That was the whole beauty of Batman. Batman and Kevin Smith said this before. Batman is the real person. Bruce Wayne is the secret identity. What happened to the Batman who lived in a luxurious Wayne manner that was an outspoken playboy who was very charismatic and, and, you know, had like three or four girls on his arms and everything? You know what I mean? That drove sports cars and shit, you know? That's what made it impossible to believe he was Batman. If he was fucking dark and brooding in a Transylvania-looking mansion dressed in all black all the fucking time with rings around his eyes, we'd be like, that's Batman! They don't even know how to do the fucking characters correctly anymore. We got the Batman when he's not in cat, not when he's not in costume. You can tell it's him because all you hear is "Hello, darkest my old friend." King Quest is like <laughs> vampire guy. The, the 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 last Batman we had is the vampire from uh from the sparkling people. What's the show with the sparkling <laughs> vampires? You, I've never watched Twilight. it. Twilight. Twilight. Oh the guy, the vampire from Twilight, the ones that glow or sparkle or whatever. I never watched that it's shit. Beautiful. I said the sparkly people. Oh my that, god! That's the guy who they chose as Batman, who's really dark and brooding. So much, in fact, that he was a fucking vampire in his last role. He went from a vampire, to a dark, brooding, sparkling Batman. This guy went from a vampire to a bat, and they're playing who's Batman's secret identity in the current franchise. Are you kidding me? This shit needs a reboot. <laughs> who's writing? Who's putting this this nonsense together? And I said years ago on here, back in 2014 or 2015, and you were there, I said on here, I said the problem is that they want to have a Marvel Cinematic Universe so badly for DC that they're, try, that they're trying to get now where Marvel is, but they're skipping all the baby steps. Marvel did Iron Man in 2008. They did the Hulk movie. They did a Thor movie. You know what I mean? They, took, they did a series with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff. They took their sweet-ass time and did baby steps of movies and building characters, and then years and years later, years and years and years later, uh, literally over a decade later, we finally had the Avengers movies, and we're able to do the Infinity Gauntlet. After we did, like, two Spider-Man movies and a bunch of other shit. You know what I mean? Like, we were able to do it, but it took such a slow burn to get there because that's how comics were. The problem is DC saw this, and literally, what did they do? They went from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman to Justice League, and I guess they had the Wonder Woman and the and the, and the Aquaman. Somewhere. They skipped they, like they, eight they, steps. They like, <laughs> and it, and they had like movies where like like in the Batman 
in in the Batman v Superman movie, it was their first encounter, was their first fight, was their first everything. You know what I mean? They're the Justice League by the next movie. There was no build up to these characters. By the time we got to like the last movie, we didn't even know any of them. They were in such a rush to get to that Marvel point that they skipped all of the nuances. You don't think a character like Batman in the DC, let's let's put this into perspective. You don't think a character like Batman in the DC cinematic universe should have his own movie because he doesn't think about it they went from man of steel to batman v superman batman v superman is not a fucking batman movie it was about batman fighting superman how in the world do you have batman of the dc universe in a universe that you're building and you never gave him his own movie before the justice league are you crazy there's no way for this shit to work out so you're telling me if I had a kid like around the age that would be into this kind of shit now, his introduction to be Batman would be with a big group of guys like that. We would never go into the backstory of any of the shit in Gotham first. Are you insane? That's not how I'm introducing somebody to that world. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch that shit or take it seriously. You started with Justice League. <laughs> Sorry, man. And then we put Black Adam in here. So now what are we doing? We're gonna. We, the plan was for them to have Black Adam cross over into a new Superman movie. But the problem is, here we go again. Superman hasn't even had a second movie yet, but Black Adam's already crossing over into it. They don't know what they're doing over there. They just want to. They just want to sell tickets. Everybody skip. Everybody skipping the dialogue and going straight to the boss fights. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They're skipping all the cutscenes, and they're wondering why nobody likes this. James Gunn did a really good job with the Guardians movies in the sense that in a very short period of time, he told you who the characters were. He told you what their motivations were. He created relationships and rapport between all of them. And by the end of it, they felt like a family. In two hours. In two fucking hours, bro. He was able to do all of that shit. So by the end, they're holding an Infinity Stone and hands together like a family. With an Infinity Stone. In fucking two hours, he did that. Sorry if I spoiled the, the Guardians thing. But yeah, in two hours, he was able to do that. And on the other hand, these, these, these motherfuckers in like seven and a half hours worth of horrible movies didn't make anything feel connected. Then they took some of the biggest DC stories in the world. Don't worry, we're going to get off of this soon, but I'll just explain why Rock's gone. They took some of the biggest DC stories <laughs> I forgot in the this world. That's how we even got here in the first place. <laughs> and they did all of the big DC stories right away. Like the death of Superman and the resurrection of Superman were like pretty much back to back some an event that spanned months in comic books where you actually had a funeral comic book for him and there was a duration of time where there was no longer a superman in the rotation you know what i mean like i grew up in a world where doomsday killed superman period and then other comic books came out where there was not a guy named superman that was clark kent and that's all there was they didn't time jump it like dbz or anything no there was a while where that guy was dead and you had those other four guys, the three that might have been Superman the, and the one WTF that was Steel. But we knew that they weren't. <laughs> but but it wasn't it wasn't my Superman. But the point being that that builds anticipation. When he finally did return, it was a big deal. And then since there was rapport and development built between him and all of the other Justice League characters, there was the reunion of them seeing their friend come back. None of that should existed in the Superman that died. I bet you don't even really think too much about the fact that he fought Doomsday, was killed, died and resurrected in their world. That's not even like one of the big bullet points of that world. That's how much it was like a Sunday it. afternoon in the world. Was horrible. <laughs> they did it in such a horrible way. Bruce Wayne and, and, and Clark Kent <laughs> never became friends enough 
that uh the last time they the, what did they do they had a moment where they both said martha you too yeah martha 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 and that was it that's as far as their friendship goes <laughs> that's it <laughs> they're actually friends guys that know each other as bruce and clark how the hell wasn't that explored so no i don't mourn this this thing and yeah i watched the uh I watched the Black Adam and it didn't offend me. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't sacrifice it like James Gunn did for the hope that we get in DC universe that comes from the ground up with a good couple of Batman movies, a good couple of Superman movies. They all come together the way they're supposed to and act like the thing versus go because Black Adam was all right. Oh, good. It was. They told him that they'll let him do a multiverse thing. As a matter of fact, he's already in one and doesn't even know it yet because that other universe is a fucking multiverse now because it doesn't exist anymore. Bye. They promised you a multiverse. <laughs> promise made, promise kept. It's already, you already got it now. That's not going to be the that's not going to be the DC cinematic universe that people talk about in the future. That one doesn't exist yet. But when they do, they're going to talk about that Black Adam and that Superman and that other shit like a multiverse. Make sense? Oh yeah. Out with the old and shitty, and in with the new and not shitty. Pretty much. Oh, man. And not a soul will complain. Not a soul will complain. I certainly won't. I'm very happy about it. So Jamie Noble had his last match a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep. Got to go home for his last one. Yeah, they released it was some... a house show in uh, West Virginia. They released some footage of that. Right here is my beautiful daughter, Paige. Coming out to see me, actually the first time ever live that she's got to watch me compete. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped my family's here and my wife's here. Today's actually my wife's birthday. So happy birthday, baby. I love you. So, yeah, no extra pressure on me to kill it, but... Jamie Noble, for anyone that doesn't know, is one of the all-time Ring of Honor greats. You know, so it's really cool that they give him this send-off. Jamie Noble is a... It's, it's hard for me to like put in words really like what he means to me because he was an inspiration to me personally. Everybody knew that he was destined to be a star. I mean, even from the late 90s, anyone who saw Jamie in the ring knew that he had something very special. Jamie is uh, kind of one of the unsung heroes of our generation in a lot of ways. You know, you look at his WWE run, he was really able to do it all. He's been a mentor to me, been an on-screen partner and enemy at times as well. He loves the industry more than anything, given his whole life to it. And um, he's, he's really, really tremendous and I think highly underrated. Oh yeah. A legend in his own right. I'm happy for him, I'm proud of him. I enjoy working with him in every facet of our industry and I have for such a long period of time. And uh, to see him put the tights on one more time, I think is going to be great, not just for him, but just for all of us who are fans of him personally, not just as a wrestler or a producer or as a coach. Uh, Jamie Noble's a good man, and, and I'm glad to see good things are happening to him. It's going to be a final, his match, his mm -hmm. final match. When I think about this for Jamie, I'm really happy for him, and maybe even a little bit jealous, because when you map it out, you know, you, you spend a lot of time lacing your boots and then at some point that, that comes to an end but then to have the opportunity to do it one more time in your hometown uh, on the biggest stage it's it's fairy tale right there was never really like a 
okay, I, I want to hang it up, I want to do this on my terms type moment for him. And I think as a performer, you're always kind of searching for that and, and what it'll feel like and what it'll mean to you. Taking a multi-year break from in-ring action, it, it would be really hard to just jump back in. I happen to know that Jamie has been training very hard to prepare for this match. This is not something he is taking lightly. I really believe that he is doing everything he can to make it the best match of his career. I've been training hard. I knew it was hard. I know how hard it was. I almost feel like I want it more now than I did in the beginning. So it kind of balanced itself out, but uh, it's been brutal. I'm hurting. <laughs> you can imagine, right? Hey, what's up, Keem? What's going on? What's the going on? I, I've gotten a train with Jamie the last few weeks to help get him ready for this match. He's pushing hard, but I told him, you know, when we made the deal, like, listen, treat me like you would anybody else. Keep the pedal to the metal, so constantly just trying to get my heart rate up so I can hopefully compete and keep the throttle in fifth the whole time. Been living like a savage since the day I was born. Been the last man standing, coming back for more. Yeah, we're just doing our podcast as a New Year's Eve special. It'll go up on iHeartRadio and everywhere later. <laughs> Watching this Jamie Noble stuff. But yeah, I'm glad he got this, you know? Yeah, you not not too many people unfortunately get to call do what uh, some people have been called calling their shot. Get to say like, all right, this is my last one. So it's cool that Jamie got to go home and say like, all right, this is the, this is the last one. For him that he's gonna get the opportunity to, you know, hear his name, walk the aisle, get in the ring, perform, maybe one last time. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I know he says it's his final match, but uh, we'll see. Because against, oh, I see it was in the six man with Sami Zayn there. Good person being a very good hand, oh, of course. Oh Kid was crying. I was like, oh my god, don't cry, baby. I'm gonna be alright. It's rough, but I'm gonna be alright. It meant everything. It was a dream come true for me. You know, like, uh, this is it. This number one right here. I get to live it. I lived it. Number one best thing ever happened to me right here. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? That is awesome. Like, I remember when I think when I really started watching, um, Jamie Noble, I believe, was Cruiserweight Champion on SmackDown. At the time I started watching, so yeah, I have fond memories of Jamie Noble <laughs> as a wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. 
his feud with Tajiri, his feud with Billy Kidman, all great stuff in Batman. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, did you want to get into a weekly? We gotta get knock. Yeah, we can knock out a weekly. All right. What do you What do you feel like here? Uh, say Rampage be up next. Rampage, you say? All right. Bring up my Rampage stuff real quick. I don't remember Rampage. I'm sure as we put up our program, it'll come back to me. When do we ever remember Rampage unless some batshit crazy stuff happens? I remember it just starts right away. No no build up, no storyline. It just goes just <laughs> it's immediately, just straight in. They're just immediately killing each other. So, yep, let's get straight into that. Rampage <laughs> episode 72, it's still a baby, came to us from Garland, Texas, the Curtis Caldwell Center. They opened with a singles match. John Moxley going up against Sammy Guevara being accompanied by Tay Mello. This was really good. I got to give you a lot oh, of credit this was for great. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't undersell how good uh, these kind of matches are, especially somebody like Sammy Guevara, who's you know still still on the uprise as far as uh, talent goes. Still young. It has his hadn't even hit, hadn't gotten anywhere near his apex yet. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, love the sequences between him and Moxley. Moxley's style pretty much accommodates just about anybody. You know. Oh, yeah, brutal. Now, Gavar putting heel of his boot, grinding it. Beast Moxley. Who would have thought Jericho was Oh, look at that. This was enjoyable. And he bites him. Chris Jericho. Holiday Bash. Live on AEW Dynamite. Oh, on TBS. Oh, grabbed my ear. That's so petty. Grabbed him by the bloody ear that he. That's messed up. She grabs him by the bloody ear that Gavara bit. <laughs> and then blood all over the place and then they make out with blood all over their faces that's some heel shit right there no that's just their kink <laughs> I love that springboard cutter he does off of the top rope there you know I'm telling you, it's just once again it's the body control that Sammy Guevara has that makes his stuff look ridiculous Mm-hmm. Yeah, very solid. I can't believe the <laughs> these guys are ridiculous. When when does Moxley never bleed? There, there he goes. He's Seth Rollins curb stomp there. The blackout. I'm just saying he he went he went a period of like two months, so he was just like, "Fuck it, I got cash back." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice table bump there, right? That was one of the best ones I've seen in a while. Nice and clean. Yeah, did a really good job. Cross body off the top, rolls through. Those horrible stomps. Everybody's rocking the Brian Danielson stomps. Good pile driver there. Turn him inside out with that lariat. God. I like that he hits him with the Death Rider. I love the elevation that he gets on that Swanton, right? You see that? Yo, it's the highest one I've ever seen. Yeah. Nice Spanish fly, of course. Credit that Moxley could go take that Spanish fly in those pants. <laughs> That's it. That's a wrap. Bulldog for the win. 
would be on Friday night, and I'm right here. So, cowboy, where are you? I ain't waiting all night. Referring to uh, this man. Page not cleared for action. He's backing off Evil Uno. And to the ring, he is charging right to the waiting fist. He's sweaty, he's hot, he's pissed. And Hangman Page. We've got to have the pull apart, right? Uh-oh. Look at that buckshot Larry at the staff. No good. <laughs> the poor staff had to take that. You can't hit muggles. Muggles have got the fuck out the way. I'm coming for that championship. Britt, you gave me some tickets to the Kia Forum. January 11th. Britt and Jamie have been nothing but menaces backstage. I have such a plethora of talent to choose from. And we're coming for you. Who's she going to choose, I wonder? Just moments away from here. And Last week kind of sucks. I won't lie. Not for the reasons you think. It's not just because we lost our Ring of Honor tag team titles. It's not just because Dax broke his ass bone. We didn't have to see the ass bone, Dax. I feel like, and he feels like, we let you all down. You have lifted us up. You have made this they look like hell. <laughs> Saturday night at Final Battle, I brought my family with me, and uh, I was expecting that, and I didn't, I didn't hear that. She said, Daddy, those people kind of like you. Damn, that hurt right in the heart, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, why? Feel the love, feel the passion that I have for professional wrestling. Win, lose, or draw, we were going to make you feel. This Wednesday night, Dynamite, we're going to do to you what Daddy asked you to do a long time ago. We're going to tan, we're going to tan your hide. Just kidding, we're gonna whip your ass. Top guys, out. Holiday bash, but right now, let's hear from the undefeated. We did exactly what I said we were gonna do, am I right? Perfect. But hold up, girl. Let me show you something. Tell me why you was looking so salty last week. Hold up, let me fix you up. Oh, thanks. And Bawa, next time you want to interject yourself into my business, Mark Sterling will be in contact. Bow Wow in the storyline. 2022, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Sing singles match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, being accompanied by Jamie Hayter and Rebel against Sky Blue. Sky Blue's coming up, huh? Right. She's getting a lot more exposure out there. I ain't mad at it, too. Girl, good. Good job. Very agile. Not Cora Jade. Unless we got to call her. Not Cora Jade. Very balanced. Once again, not high bar. She lands her sentence. You know. <laughs> Brit with the sling blade. I like the fact that Brit doesn't have to be in the spotlight in order to stay relevant. You know, that's like a very important right. dynamic to have in a, in a stable like the one that she's in. I do love oh, the fact though, like, no, that was like a counter. It kind of shows the. It, I do like it kind of shows some of the faith they have in Sky Blue. The fact they threw her in there in the deep end with Brit Breaker, and the yeah. girl did good. Mm-hmm. Shida shows up after Brit takes things a little too far. Oh, that Kendall stick oh. out of suck. Women's World Champion should be an outstanding match, Excalibur. She could do it behind the world champ. Mr. Preston Vance, there's a lot of ground to cover here. You turn your back, according to the. How do you justify that? 
Let me start this interview off by asking you a question, Jim. I'm the bad guy for turning my back on my so-called family. I was handpicked by Brody Lee. Those guys weren't handpicked by Brody Lee. My real brothers are Roosh, Jose, and the rest of LFI. Over the span yeah. of these two years, Jim, I don't see a resemblance. Spoiled brat. One he was adopted. To, to Clearly. Hey, kid, it's time to grow Ride a cartel. <laughs> Look, they gotta do some good for the community, okay? Adopting boys. <laughs> Wardlow versus Exodus Prime. My money's totally on Exodus Prime for this one. <laughs> I'm like, who else would win, right? You got this, Exodus. I don't think he got this. No? It doesn't look like he got this. Oh, God. Oh. All right. Somebody come clean that up. my championship against you here tonight i hope i never defend a championship in this god-awful state ever again and they come december 28th in colorado i'm gonna give you everything that you want you will be found wanting the king has spoken take our best friends dustin rhodes and freshly squeezed orange cassidy trend seven last week you joined kip sabian in stomping orange cassidy why, why? Direct flights straight from Mustache Mountain as far as last See, week goes. No. After a rocky start, Trent Seven here saw sense. The change. Arnold once said, you Orange Cassidy, you proved him wrong. These same hands were offered opportunity after opportunity. I've been waiting all week for someone to dial 1-800-SEE-YA. I'm sick of talking. Let's go out there and fight because I don't like you. We're going to dice. We're going to split you open. We're going to watch you spill your guts. Are we going to get to say anything here? I know, right? Is there enough numbers for a, a real phone number? Yeah, it's got letters, too. Okay, I think we're done, Mark. It's time for the main event. It's time. You know, Mark had to get it in. You know what the worst part about it is? After last week, I was so sad that freaking Dan Housen just didn't just appear right as he was about to do it again. So that brings us to an eight-man tag team at Kip Saban, the Butcher, and the Blade, uh, and Trent Seven being accompanied by Penelope Ford and the Bunny against the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, Dustin Rhodes, Orange Cassidy being accompanied by Danhausen. I love how you still give him the Ricky start to mm, Danhausen. <laughs> oh no, but this was fun. This was great. Glad to see Kip Saban back in action, even if he looks weird. You know, now he has two girls to hide behind. <laughs> Double the bitches. Yeah, there you go. That's where you got to do it, right? Bitches squared. <laughs> Freaking Orange Cassidy is still ridiculously OP and out of his league, but whatever. Oh, match overall was really solid. I would like Dustin to just paint himself blue, like not this half face thing anymore. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> We're half face until he retires. Too many half faces out here lately. Oh, the best friend's hog. Yes. And then they go for the dive. <laughs> Look, that's how you do that dive without dying. Springboard Arabian Moonsault. Look at you. And lands on his feet. Oh, uh, look at Dan that. <laughs> Why would he be selling, right? He's not even in the match. <laughs> Gotta love Dan Housen. 
The ref had enough of this shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. This is confusing enough. <laughs> Low blow to someone who's not even in the match. Oh. Pop up knee. Goodbye. Oh, elbow kicks, doubles, doubles. There's so much oh, shit happening. Oh, God, that move. Love that. What the hell was that? That was beautiful. It was basically an avalanche tilt the world side slam, is what I would call oh, it. Oh, God. Makes the most sense, right? Nice. Yo. <laughs> Good match. All these years, old dog still got it. Yeah, right. You see, Rampage was good. They it's did, uh... crazy to think, like, we talked last week about how next year is going to be Dustin Rhodes' last year. He never lost it. No, he never did. He got better over time. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so Rampage, on according to Fast National Viewership, did 447,000 viewers with 185,000 of them in the 18 to 49 demographic, down 22%. Um, from this number last year. What a weird place to put it as far as the numbers of last year go. But they are up from last week's 421,000 viewers that they did. So, you know, still hovering Ooh, on the 500,000, which I don't think is really great. You know, they got to do something here. Yeah, at this point, that shit will take whatever they get. <laughs> yeah, I guess. As long as they in that time spot. Oh. Yeah, I suppose. We should run another weekly just because there's a lot this week. What do you want it to be before we go back to news? Because there's some big stuff in the news. The cover, there's big, huge shit in the news. I'm just kind of pacing oh, us yeah. for the second hour. We yeah, let's keep it. the momentum going with uh, AEW. Let's knock out Dynamite. Want to knock out Dynamite? I was kind of thinking that too, right? You know, just be finished with AEW yeah. early on in the evening. Yeah, kind of just chop that whole section out. Fair enough. I could do that. Let me get my dynamite stuff going for you over here. Especially because the big news, at least to my knowledge, doesn't involve AEW. So. Fair enough. We're on WWE side. All right. That being said, AEW Dynamite episode 168, Holiday Bash, because Tony Khan always has to name something. Can't just be a regular episode, right? It's, it's See, I'm telling you, he, he went so long without naming episodes and then Moxley bleeding. He's trying to just get it all back in. Yeah, no, he didn't go that long. Last week was Winter is Coming. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about before last week. Yeah, what do you go, like two weeks? Come on, man. Stop naming your episodes. He, like he went like a month and a half. Anyway, <laughs> one, episode 168 Holiday Bash came to from San Antonio, Texas, from the Freeman Coliseum. This is where they invented Half-Life. No, they didn't. <laughs> this is what they need to get hurry up and make Half-Life no, 3, damn it. Yeah, hurry up. Anyway, been on a cliffhanger since I was a child. You know, But that's not how things turned out because I lost. At least I can stand here with respect and dignity. He doesn't have any of that, including a pair of these. There will be a next time between you and me. Look at me. This is just the start. Line him up so Stroke Daddy can knock him down. I'm absolute Ricky Stocks. Here he comes. Yeah. Oh, here they come. 
Well, you know, we were going to look at the footage in one night became in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, the term uh, overnight sensation that, that this is what happened last century. Action Andretti defeated Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. I've been watching you for a long time, Ricky Starks. Guarantee you will be a world champion someday. You have everything it takes to be a big star here in AEW. sucks that means you say that i suck join the jericho appreciation society the almighty jericho gave me a compliment just a few months ago you were coming out here built like an air fryer you're just like a single join JAS. Just last week, you lost to Action Andretti, and your stock has kind of dropped. J and JAS might as well stand for jobbers. What the? He's burying them. Good job, Ricky. Jazz hole one and jazz hole two. But if you are looking for something to suck, well, guess what? Oh, God. Well, okay, okay. I can understand. How about this? January 4th. You, Chris Jericho, taking on me. Wow. Look out Get him, boys. Oh, Surprise! You bet you didn't see that hat coming. Wow, maybe, uh... <laughs> no, no, he's like that bright ass party purple hat coming. No. It's Action Andrades. Is that his name? That's such a weird name, right? He's the hero, <laughs> the newbie hero. Yeah, look at that springboard moonsault. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> what is going on in this world? Who knows? I don't know. That was Action Andrade, though. Anyway, let's move ahead with tonight. And we start off with our first match being the non-title, no disqualification. All weapons are legal. Six-man tag team best of seven series match five. Longest name we've ever had on this show. <laughs> you barely made it through that. It is the elites, Holy Kenny Omega, shit. Matt, and Nick Jackson being accompanied by Don Callis and Michael Nakanakazawa against Death Triangles, Pac, Penta, El Cero, Miedo, and Ray Phoenix. Of course it was good. It was violent, though. Not a no weapon. That, that every weapon is freaking allowed. Yeah. Right? What I like, though, is that they did mix it up. Now it wasn't just great wrestling. It was also violence. Yeah, they chose violence when they woke up today. Oh, my God. Sling blade on the outside. Look at that Christmas tree bump in the spirit of things, right? Cross body against the three of them on the top. I like how the Christmas tree stays in the And them pines hurt. I'll take the pines over the chair that's in the opposite corner. Oh, Pac <laughs> gets the garbage can off the top there. Look at that. It's Moonsault to the outside. Moonsault with the garbage can. Those are the worst. There's so much chaos. In there really match. is. It's a very nasty, nasty piece of business they have going on here. You got the barbed wire broom out. Yeah. He's the cleaner all over again. Kotawa Crusher on the broom. Damn. Flying elbow through the freaking ropes. Swanton to the table outside. Pile driver on the freaking broom again. It's like awful. And he got this shit stuck to his ass. It's terrible. This <laughs> is fucking nuts. Hey, get out of here, Alejantes. Goes for that cutter, but he gets countered, pushed into the freaking V trigger. Hurricane Rana. Nothing. 
Time for the hammer. It wouldn't be a match between them without the hammer. The hammer is a bigger star than any of the fucking people in the ring at this point. <laughs> Hammer's coming to play every single match. Look, Hammer's still in play. Hammer's still on the field. Oh. He told you about the hammer. <laughs> yeah, right. I told you to use the hammer. <laughs> Melsa driver. And that's how we end Phoenix. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotta have a beat on that. We're not going home after this. We're salty. How dare some of you Mars complain about getting to see these guys again and again? Crimson mask for everybody. We hate you, motherfuckers. They're straight up heels now. Look at that. They beat them. Literally beat them with the Christmas thing, right? It's not a Christmas thing he's whipping them with. What a terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's like the most grinch shit I've ever seen. He beat them with the Christmas I mean, thing. I never even thought about doing decorations. that. Wow. You bastards. Brian Danielson, you gutless coward! That was my moment! That was my first title defense! What do you do? You gutless prick. You're a nobody. And you had to stick your shitty little hipster nose in it, didn't you? You worthless, worthless scumbag! Everybody wants to eat off of my plate! When it comes to the reign of terror, you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. Then, of course, earlier on, you helped out Ricky Star. Action Andrade's. I or whatever. Something that some are saying is the biggest upset of the decade. And ever since Tony... My life hasn't been the same. That the Appreciation Society, they wouldn't just watch their leader get beat by some new rookie. They'd be willing to take out on whomever and whenever. They decided to take that anger out on Ricky Starks. I had his back because I got You're on a hot streak. A real hot streak. A real hot streak. You're on fire. Oh, oh my shit. God. <laughs> you forgot he was a wizard, didn't you? <laughs> you know how nigga that fucking did too? That's Christmas magic. <laughs> Bitch. Don't fuck with wizards on Christmas. Burn your face and eat your kids cookies. Yep. Mentor William Regal was brutally attacked by MJF. Where does this leave the Blackpool Combat Club? Well, I, uh, I don't exactly expect the Blackpool Combat Club to forgive William Regal. You guys might have seen me there doing some horrible country line dancing. But here's the thing. I was first trained by Rudy Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels. But the man who turned me in to the wrestler is William Regal. He turned me into the person I am today. That Mox, Claudio, and Wheeler, they don't have this same relationship. He gets to come here. And I loved having William Regal in AEW. Yeah, that was cool. William Regal taught me is that there are consequences to your actions. Max, there are consequences to your actions. You call me a coward. MJF, get your ass out here. Brian Danielson wanted to see here tonight. Instead, you get Ethan Page, MJF at home. The glare coming off your head is really distracting. I didn't call you vegetable man oh. because a 
your way of life. Do you see who's speaking now? Greatness! Shut the hell up! If you think you're jumping ahead of Ethan Page, I promise you, I will literally turn you into a freaking vegetable. If you want to turn me into a vegetable, right here, right now. I, and listen, listen, listen. If you really want me to turn you into a vegetable that bad, I say we do it next week. You guys suck. I'm not doing it. He said he called Ryan a raggedy bitch. <laughs> That's fucked up. Laying out the challenge for $300,000 Three Cakes Christmas Casino Trios Royale taking place this Friday night. The $300,000. Well, that sounds like one heck of a good time. I wouldn't want to miss that. Cowboy. Hangman. We can keep this fighting up for as long as you want. I'm starting to wonder when exactly are we just going to go ahead and settle this in the ring? You got knocked out. What'd you think was going to happen? Poor Hangman Page woke up in the hospital. What'd you think I was trying to do with that clothesline? Comb his hair? Don't become one of those play wrestlers, Hangman. You're better than that. From top flight. Sure, very talented. Sure, high flyer, jump around, all that. Injury prone, injury prone, injury prone. So is that my fault? So I'm going to have to teach this Darius a hard, hard lesson tonight. By injuring him. Your ROH television champion and undisputed TNT champion. Taking a little bit of time out of my busy schedule to wish you all a happy holiday. And in particular, because of the spirit of camaraderie and friendship that comes with this season, I wish that you have the happiest, merriest of holidays. You're definitely not going to be having a happy new year. I'm going to give you more than you ever asked for. Giving you exactly what you asked for, Wardlow, I'm going to take from you. Wardlow, have a happy, happy holiday season. But come December 28th, all the holiday cheer ends. And it's your boy, the one that's from uh, Exodus Prime. That would happen last week. The way Exodus Prime. You mispronounced Hook wrong, sir. No, I'm kidding. No relation to Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> that's the end of Exodus Prime. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Poor Jungle Boy. Poor Jack. Ah. Is Hook Grappler Baki? Maybe. He might be. <laughs> John Moxley versus Darius Martin, the guy who he said is injury prone, so he has no choice but to injure him. That's fucked up. I mean, that's what he basically said, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the job though? Yeah, he's cool. He's gonna, get injured again. he's gonna need to make his mark because he's been gone for so long, you know. Right. <laughs> he is solid. His brother's know? already set. Like. Yeah. I guess that's what the whole point of a match like this would be, right? Exactly. Like you, your brother locked in. You better catch up. Yeah, pretty much. But I'm glad that he worked out because for a while there it looked like he would never come back. That's a unique offense there. It's almost like a Pele using the corner for elevation. It was like a Matrix-esque Pele. Yeah, I like that slingshot flat liner that he did there. Oh, there go those horrible freaking stomps. Death rider for the win. And dead. 
Here comes a dark as shit promo, by the way. Warning. Trigger alert. Is that what they say now? This first memory at three years old was watching my uncle overdose on the floor. Have you ever smelt your own burning flesh? I was robbed. I've been stabbed. Is that day created a monster and turned to the next chapter of the book of Hobbes? Are they trying to turn him babyface with that? Jesus. Dark shit. For a man will kill people. It was darker than Jake the Snake's freaking Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> I don't know about that. They are pissed off at the guns as well, but right now, at this point in his career, it could be more dangerous than. Anyway. Next up. Next, I was going to say next up tag team match left and right cheek for FTR. Yeah, they're the guns. Officially, they call them the guns. Austin and Colton Gunn versus, versus FTR's Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. And I guess the the guns are getting a push here, right? Because I believe they win this. Yeah, but I mean, they 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 they, they face what was left of FTR after freaking final battle. They want to take them seriously. That's why they're taking all the ass stuff out of their names. Right. You know, we can't be having ass stuff right now. <laughs> they gotta wash the ass off them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least they're making them a little bit more credible than they were before this, you know? Yeah, you gotta do something with them. I mean, it's Billy Gunn's kids, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Uh-oh. Let's make this clear. Keith Lee, you a big motherfucker. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Yo, can we get a sound like that? You a big motherfucker. <laughs> you a big motherfucker. This meeting between. You a big motherfucker. I can't stop hearing that. <laughs> Here all night. <laughs> that Keith Lee's face says it all. The turn of broadcast. Ain't <laughs> hey, no way in hell they tell they told him he was gonna say that. The Turner Broadcast Network was spinning in circles. <laughs> oh my god! The control room had a big red. Hey. What the fuck was Ted with the buttons? What was Ted with the dump button? Hey, you guys put Rick Ross out there. Right. I don't know what y'all expected I mean? to happen. Do you listen to his music? You better be glad he just said fuck her. It couldn't get worse. This meeting between you a big motherfucker. You don't understand how serious I am when I say we need that drop. <laughs> like I'm, well, we certainly I've never have been more serious about a drop request in my life. <laughs> well, we certainly have it enough times on this podcast where we can isolate it if we need it. So it's <laughs> Somebody goes. We, we 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 do a story about somebody out there chubby chase, and we got the drop right there. <laughs> you know what they released? <laughs> they released AEW themselves released that clip. <laughs> That's so they, awesome. So they must not care. Like I just linked it in the chat room. Like AEW themselves released it. 
though. It goes to show you right there how they are. They don't seem to mind it at all. But, oh, uh, my God. I'm trying to find here. Give me a minute here. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Because this was on Busted Open. I wanted you to hear this. Oh, no. Rick Ross. Hey, guys, this the biggest boss in the game, Rick Ross, and I would hate to see you squander the opportunity to talk to the biggest boss that's ever been on this fucking show. Well, I would like to hear you say on Busted Open what you said last night on national television. So I'll ask it again. How big is Keith Lee? He's a big motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And we are number one in anything other than that are accusations. Accusations. Welcome to Busted Open, Rick Ross. Hey, guys, this the biggest boss in the game, Rick. So, so oh. there you have it. <laughs> I wonder if I kick Bubba got that. <laughs> I would do the best part about the clip is how excited Bubba gets right before he says it. <laughs> Look, he's a celebrity. He doesn't give a shit about whatever whatever the right. things are that got going on. Do you suspend me for 30 days? Fuck you. <laughs> I won't notice my 30 days notice. <laughs> I'm be too busy making money other places. Oh. Mm-hmm, exactly. Man, dynamite feels long even when we cover it rapidly, huh? This meeting between the former champions. Get a young legend some time. Cause we ready. Here we are again doing things based off of you. And Swerve is not waiting for nobody. They really give you the whole world because you need to keep your eye on the ball. You need to keep your eyes in the back of your head from now on. Wait, wait, wait. Parker, Parker, Parker Boudreaux. He's wearing the same shirt as Swerve Strickland. Oh, in line with, with Swerve. Keith Lee with Swerve. Swerve is an icon. Whoa! How was that? It came from. I mean, I guess it's one of his affiliates. Look at that. Look at Rick Ross in the background kills me. That's, that guy made affiliate already? How many views does he got? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> you know, like, what is going on here? But yeah, that's Grandin Gortzman, who's been training for an AEW debut. He's 30 years old. He was a second-round pick by the Tampa Bay Rays in 2011. He played professional baseball all the way up until last year where he played in Mexico. He's listed at 6'4". He was in in, uh, AAA in the Rays minor league system before moving on to the St. Louis Cardinals and Houston Astros farm systems until 2019. And he was an outfielder, primarily known for his speed, but he didn't go to the major leagues. Uh, He's been doing training at Jay Leto's school. And uh, yeah, he's been back at Dynamite since back during October 10th. But he's been with AW for quite some time. So they've just been sort of getting him ready. So now you know who he is. Grandin Godsman. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly. I have no idea. Hopefully I am. Affiliate. A whole lot of shit. My God. He's an affiliate. That means you could sub to him. 
Oh. He may need attention. I've never. With, with a, a, a foot stop, a diving stop, shatter a center block like that. Coming up next, the main event for the AEW Women's World Championship. Yeah, so let's jump straight into that. AEW Women's World Title Match. Jamie Hayter being accompanied by Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel defending the title against Hikaru Shida. Excellent match. Very solid stuff. Jamie, ha Jamie Hayter gets a little better every time we see her. Mm -hmm. Hikaru Shida looks definitely different from last time we saw her, like her last run, right? Appearance-wise. Yeah, she, she had like the Tifa outfit going on. Now she's just kind of doing her own thing. Is that a Tifa outfit? No, 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 I'm talking about her last run um, oh. when she was champion. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I definitely like the look, though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it makes her stand out drastically from the other girls. Yeah, and I like that Jamie Hayter's recognized as the women's champion. No more interim nonsense. It's a shame that Tony Storm didn't get the same thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot there were people who actually acknowledged that interim bullshit. That's right. Because <laughs> in my head, Cannon Tony Storm was always champion. Yeah, I know. It was a shame the way that whole thing played out. You have to be actually injured for me to acknowledge it as interim. This company's been around too short of a period of time to have so many vacant titles as often as they do. Yeah, Sheeta won't die. Yeah, kill that bitch like seven times. Time to stomp the bitch out. Speaking of the former champ. Soraya making that run. It's her first running in five years. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she clears the damn ring. Her new music is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Good old Soraya. Oh, it's so good to have her back. Yeah, and they are not happy. <laughs> They're probably happier than that girl who's sticky. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm never going to forget that shit. <laughs> I said, hold stick together. She came back and said, you look sticky. <laughs> yeah, right. Dynamite. 957,000 views with a point thirty in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's up 7,000 from the 950,000 they had the previous week and definitely up from the 840,000 the week before. Still not a million. Still not a million, guys. That's tragic. At least they're making, at least they're making the climb back up. Yeah, somewhat, I suppose. Gotta get, they just got to get there and stay there. Mm-hmm. All right, well... Let's get some music on first of all. Right. It's about that time. About time for some music on here, right? And there's definitely some stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. So Matt Riddle 
we spoke last week about how he was dating um an adult film star jordan um what was the name of the person misha montana right yes let's get a picture of matt riddle up here with misha montana So, uh, that video, these pictures went viral of him with Misha Montana and stuff. So what's happened since then, and bear with me while I try to put this whole thing together, is when these pictures that we showed last week came out, another adult film star got pissed off named Jordan Max because she saw the pictures and lost her shit talking about how Riddle was cheating on her. And she claimed that she was in a relationship with Riddle for the past six months and that he professed his love to her two months ago. And uh, she tweeted out, says, does it make you feel better about yourself to kick people when they're down? Try to imagine for one second the man you spent the last six months with who said, I love you for the first time two months ago. is all of a sudden making out with someone else who is in your industry and then rather than keeping plans for christmas and new year's eve he's gonna he's going to rehab do you have any idea how confusing and hurtful that is so this person jordan max saw him with misha montana and uh lost it because apparently i guess according to her she was with him first i mean this guy is porn star hopping you know merry christmas huh riddle <laughs> I mean, what, what, what do you mean? Ha ha ha! There's no ha 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 here. This guy's banging porn stars, one way or the other. Fucking live with the dream. None of them are. None of them are saying that they didn't. This is almost becoming like a fight for him. <sighs> oh dear God! So as you saw in that first tweet. Jordan Max was disturbed and upset and hurt at the fact that Riddle, she sees these pictures and I guess had no idea that she was with somebody else, a co-worker, I'm assuming, from the adult industry. So after she released this, she released a video where she spoke about her experience with Riddle. I'm just going to play this and then we'll talk about it afterwards. One moment here, sorry. Until you're stopped. 
And right now, I think the, the newest victim is um, Misha Montana, which she's in that, like, I'm a stand by my man phase. Totally, I respect, girl. I respect it. But you'll find out. And it's sad. It's, you're going to find out the hard way. Jordan Max found out the hard way. Ivy Malibu found out the hard way. I found out the hard way. We all do. We really do. And finding out the hard way that you have been conned into loving a man who uses your love to then take advantage of you, to then manipulate you, to sexually abuse you, to torment you. And he has a pedestal of fame. And he has the support of people who who idolize him. But why would you idolize the devil? Why 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 won't why will anyone listen to me? I didn't sue him. I didn't go for money and no disrespect to Candy Cartwright for doing it. But I literally was just trying to stop him and y'all said I was doing this for clout. This man abused me sexually. And you didn't want to listen. And now you have videos that like Ivy Malibu is putting out. And she's she's still she's still in that I wanna protect him phase because she's not saying his name. But she's talking about Matthew Riddle. And y'all still don't want to believe it. Even Jordan's in that protecting phase because she's still in under the oppression that she's always mentally and emotionally abused. And you guys are using her, her, her work against her. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it very arrogantly. I told y'all. I told y'all about him. I told WWE. And what are they doing? Sending him to rehab? Rehab's not gonna fucking help him. He still has his fucking job. He's still gonna fucking do what he's doing. That man has so many fucked up mental fucking issues and he takes it out on us fucking innocent women. Have y'all noticed? We all look alike. Blonde hair, long, high cheekbones, big lips pronounced jawline that's a predator and he has a type he preys on us now granted there have been other casualties too along his traveling ways there was a girl in Canada there's been a lot of others which I'm not going to speak about because that's not my place but come on people wake the fuck up WWE, you need to fire his ass. And 30 days in rehab is not enough time to fix what's fucking wrong with this man. Chargers might, but it's nor here nor there. How do you prove sexual abuse? The one thing Matt Riddle has never, ever, ever, ever done is been held accountable. Ever. Oh! I'm doing drugs because of my divorce. Okay. So, you were doing drugs while you were cheating on your wife with your mistress, who you then forced to do things to, and da-da-da-da. Okay. What about with me? You said I made you the happiest going through your divorce. 
but you still abused me. So when's the accountability gonna happen? When is people gonna wake up and start realizing what I've been telling you, what these women are telling you, instead of attacking us, how about you start seeing the fucking pattern? Oh my God, all these different women, we have no affiliation with each other. Well, maybe two of them because of the porn industry. I was never a wrestler. I don't know who fucking Ivy Malibu is. We all live in different fucking states, which is even crazier. But the one thing we have in common, the one thing is Matthew Riddle. The one thing, but yet he calls us crazy. He says we're liars. But we all have basically the similar same fucking story just played out in different narratives. Think about it, people. Wake up. You know, it's Tuesday. What are your thoughts? Well, that was a lot to unpack all at once. My God. But I find it interesting when, when um, she mentions like all these other women. I know we talked about, what was it, the girl who wrestled on the Indies a while back? And then her, and if my memory is correct, that's the only two we've ever brought up. But I'm like, where are all these other women that she claims are around? Yeah. Um, so I'll say this I can't say we can't say it's not our place to say that's for a court of law or legal route if it ever goes that way I can't say whether or not she was sexually abused by him it's not our place Um, I will say just one comment about it the fact that she said that she's not going to stop she's not going to stop until she stops him basically or whatever she said that sounds a little lurky it's kind of creepy just to even put it that way um, but just to put the events in chronological order, just so we could create some sort of a psychological timeline, if you will, because the time that things happen and people's psychological disposition is usually things that I lead me to come to whatever conclusion I come to about people. That being said, it, she initialized her statements about him tweeting essentially, which to in my opinion, what sounded like she was sad that she wasn't going to get to spend Christmas with him. And that she was heartbroken because that was the love of her life. And two months ago, she he professed her love, his love for her, right? But right. then, uh, then I, she kind of waited for him to. She she waited for him to leave her, and then spoke out about sexual abuse afterwards you know what i mean it was like the first tweet was i you know i thought this was the love of my life we loved each other however she put it he just you know imagine how heartbroken i feel about this guy who sexually abused me it's almost like and i'm not saying that it's not possible they can be one and the same but i'm just saying that the narrative that she's presenting publicly creates an argument that it looks a little bit strange to be tweeting heartbroken about someone cheating on you and then a week later, essentially, or a little while later, whatever the time frame was, uh, whenever the guy is officially out of her reach, speaks basically afterwards about the allegations, makes it feel like um, whether justified or not, an attempt to throw him under the bus. And then to discuss other names, name drop Candy Cartwright or whoever else she did, Ivy Malibu. And other previous allegations 
feels like further drama stacking on top of the guy. Like using common knowledge as information to validate otherwise uncommon knowledge. And I'm not saying she did this. I'm just saying that it's a psychological tactic that people will use. In layman's terms, and this is how you have to look out and think when you hear someone talk, people have a tendency to put facts mixed in with elaborations, with, with, with exaggerations, if you will. If you put pepper a little bit of truth into things, things that you know the other people that you're saying it to will know is true. You're just basically trying to get them to agree with multiple things, you know. If that makes any sense psychologically, like if you can get oh, no, someone to agree, you know, like, hey, you know about the Candy Cartwright situation and he did have his addiction problems. He is going to rehab and abuse me. It just kind of feels like when you're going to accuse somebody of something rather than drama stacking anything else with them, even if it's an attempt to make yourself uh, to make them look more guilty. It comes off in the timing of it more than anything. A little bit sus. And there's really no other nice way for me to put it. It was like you were heartbroken. And then tweeted sad that you weren't going to get to spend Christmas with him. We're confused about him going to rehab. How could you be confused about him going to rehab um, and uh, say that he has a drug problem that he doesn't have any help with, you know? This kind of feels like there's a day and night thing going on here. And then she spoke about how, uh, you know, she has this, they all look alike. They all have blonde hair or whatever. Men are known to have a type. This is true. This is a known fact. Men are known to have a type. But then the sentence right after that was he's a predator. You notice how like every other sentence or statement is something that's up for debate. And it's always up against things that people know as facts. That's like a, that, uh, usually something that somebody does when they want to make you believe things one way or another, whether true or not. It's something it's kind of like we know the candy car right thing or whatever happened. True. Uh you know, we don't know about anything with her allegations false, you know. We do know that men have a type. We don't think that makes him a predator. And then at times right. we would say things. She, she, you know, she said that like that was a really general statement. Like, like that's you know, predatory she, stuff. Like, like no, she called, no, that's just having she a type. Called him, she called him the devil at one point. And I'm just going to bring up the fact that in a previous tweet, she was heartbroken to not be spending Christmas with the devil, you know. Then she also brings up the fact that they all have the same situation with him. That's the one thing that I could agree on. They all do have the same situation. He cheated on all of you. You all got scorned by this guy for sure. And you all reacted after he cheated on you and you found out about it over the internet. That's the one correlation I see between all of this. Hell hath no fury. But you know, um, that doesn't mean that there wasn't some heat or something going on here. But that just means, in my opinion, that it's just something to just keep in mind when people do pass judgment on riddle and stuff that this was a relationship that he had that there was no problem with until he was found doing something else this guy definitely is, is a a man slut there's no question about that shit <laughs> he is a man thought <laughs> you know man thought away misha montana jordan max ivy malibu Jen, those are just the ones that aren't wrestlers right But the allegations come at a time when she just put out a tweet about being scorned and cheated on by the guy. Yeah, and what what do we always tend to see? Sometimes I, when people are a little pissed off and salty, they will throw crazy shit out there. 
Quest said Valvinus has nothing on Riddle. And again, we can't Damn. say whether it was true or not, but all we could say is that her timing couldn't be worse to be heartbroken about the guy and then later on say, yeah, he sexually abused me. He's the devil. Like, And the unfortunate reality is how many times have we seen people come on the show, do like allegations. Timing's never great. <laughs> And it never ends well. So it's like, I've already kind of, my mind's already programmed to be like, all right, let's see how long this one's last. Like, you like to hope that when people come out with this type of stuff, they're not just bullshit and they're not just pissed off and wanting to just do something out of spite. But we see it all too often when that winds up being the case. The best way to not look suspicious is to not be suspicious the end like i shouldn't be able to look at something and analyze it and find that many holes in it where it's like well why did this happen this is gonna this might right. i could be dead wrong if i'm ever wrong i'll come back and say you know it turned out i was wrong but i'm just saying it's just weird that i'm able to put so many different holes in that from so many different angles got to be careful what the next thing you say is because you always got to be conscious of what the last thing you say is you know what i mean don't and it's not like you gotta pers- dig deep for these holes it's just common sense when you just look at something from start to finish don't underestimate the perception of the human mind with a lot of this shit in my opinion it's like just sometimes i'm not saying in this particular case but in any case you know the timing of certain things says a lot so then after this uh misha montana made a few statements she said you know me i prefer to keep my life private but when people insist on attention at some point you, you just have to say gross and she goes on to say in another tweet, how do you cheat on someone when you're not in a committed relationship with them? Well, this is coming from the other side, from the girl he's currently with, sort of making it seem like maybe the other girl got attached and he's just banging porn stars. It's very possible. I kind of find it hard to, uh, in my opinion, I kind of find it hard to believe that he's in love with anybody right now. Right, he might just be fucking. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. You know? But I just didn't get the impression that he's in a lovey-dovey situation at all. <laughs> Remember Buck from Kill Bill? I get a very Buck vibe from him. <laughs> Buck who likes to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, God. I think these women are looking too much into this. Quoting Ash from Evil Dead. Ash Ash Williams, right? That was just pillow talk, <laughs> baby. Remember when he went to medieval times and army of darkness? What about the what about the sweet words thou spoke this spoke this in my ear? That was just pillow talk, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's I'm not I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying, you know, the, the the dirt sheets are reading it as Matt Riddle's latest fling because he has them. Yeah. Don't don't some of y'all out there act like y'all don't be fucking around, right? Y'all ain't angels. So apparently there's some, you know, I guess the person who leaked the pictures, Riddle was keeping his relationship, and I did not realize this, Riddle was keeping his relationship with Misha, the two of them were doing this privately, the pictures that we saw last week were leaked, they didn't just post pictures of the two of them arm in arm, someone else did that, so then Misha tweeted also so now we know who leaked the photos hello I get it, you're hurt, but this is really desperate behavior love, please take care of yourself, see you at AVN That'll be an awkward adult video freaking right. convention. Hopefully you're not. Imagine autograph booths right next to one another. Oh my god. 
There's so much to this, and I feel like it's only going to get worse. Because there's more going to show up out of the woodwork, and it's going to be freaking tragic. Start breaking out those NDAs, Riddle. Vince did it. You got to start signing them. Right. <laughs> got to start NDAing up, I guess. I don't know what to tell you, man. If you can't slow start down. Out them NDA, and without them NDAs, you're going to have a Vice DOC in no time. And this is Riddle's latest picture. This one he posted, though. This isn't the leak. And he oh, said, they look adorable. And he said, I've been working a lot on myself lately and have been saying no and setting boundaries for the first time ever. And certain people aren't happy about it. But I couldn't be healthier and happier. Thank you for all your support. Well, good to know it seems like he's doing well. Even with all, <laughs> all this right. madness going on. On the contrary. You know what, man? That's a, that was a good that was a very political post by him. The problem is that he doesn't know how to, <laughs> the, the problem is he doesn't know how to be political. <laughs> like Riddle. It's just not the right picture that should be going correlation with this motherfucker, just for anyone listening to the podcast, he has like a he, he what is this? He's in a lake somewhere surrounded he's by like on the beach or some shit. He's on a beach side surrounded by a giant tray of food and candles and basically what looks like the moonlight with a porn star draped around his arm talking about how he's been working on himself lately and saying no <laughs> and setting boundaries bro i believe Look, you couldn't we, be healthy don't use pinky all right we said yeah right you know he should be at a gym <laughs> like stacy just said he should have been at a gym or doing a yoga pose or something it's it's him Yo, he has a porn star around his arm while another porn star just finished accusing him of being like this woman lech. Oh his, my god, that his, is grand. His clapback was to post a picture of him with the other porn star draped around him with a candlelight <laughs> beachside dinner. That's a giant spread of food while he's talking about how he's been saying no and setting boundaries. I don't know, man. What are you what are you saying no to? Not to not to a I mean, hey, I don't blame you. He's living the life. You only get to live once. But don't say that you've been saying no and setting boundaries, motherfucker. <laughs> this is you setting boundaries. I can't. I can only imagine what it's like when you let loose, <laughs> right? When this guy cuts loose, it must just be, <laughs> it must just be dicks out. I guess. This is him. Go ahead. This, this is him showing when this discipline. This is Miyagi though, Riddle right here. This is Riddle setting boundaries. Look at that oh spread that he God. has there. I don't know what isn't on that table. That's fucking great. Everything is on the table. Everything. Yeah, you're damn right. You're setting boundaries. <laughs> boundaries on the checkbook, but that's about it. <laughs> hey, I can't blame the guy, but just a poor picture with a poor choice of words. There's no boundaries here, man. Most people will call this shit cutting loose. Right, like this, you, you over here talking about boundaries, motherfucker. This is me if I ball out. Are you kidding me? And this is like just the, this is just the, the pre-show to whatever the main event is. <laughs> you're not going to a this spread like the that. Main card. Yeah, you're not gonna have a spread like that to afterwards go back to the hotel room and play Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> you know. Oh my god, dear lord. Hey, hey, do your thing. Live your life. I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at you, but just if you're trying to play the political game, um, that didn't work. You know, just saying. Like, the name of the file I brought up for that picture was Porn Riddle. If your defense is named in my file as Porn <laughs> Riddle, 
but probably not a great defense. <laughs> oh my god. You know, if that's categorically where you fit into our system, I don't know how to defense, my friend. I mean, it was it was <laughs> cool, but you know, that was the, that we bring you porn riddle. <laughs> porn riddle. That's it. Oh my god. You know, he's living his best life. Yeah, that one was a uh, that one was large in a lot of ways, right? Giggity. You set me up for that perfectly. Don't even say nothing. You said <laughs> I really wasn't trying to. I really wasn't trying. I just didn't have an. You for fucked it. me right into that one. I just didn't have any more segues. I was just like, "What kind of like, speaking yeah, of the, the sad part is there was no way out of there. there was... Yeah, it was just like that is the end of that segment. You could do. It was just a matter of was I gonna bite or not. That's all it really was. All right. My God. <laughs> right. You made it through the other side. It went dry. No. <laughs> you know I had to do it one more time. Tribute to the troops 2022, the 20th anniversary. This was taped months ago. It came to us from Dude, Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, yeah, this was taped months ago. It was back in October, I believe. Uh, this was from the Gainsbridge Fieldhouse. First match, as you can see, is LA Knight versus Braun Strowman. You know, what can I really say about this match? It was a match. You know, yeah, it, it was happened. a Christmas match. It existed. They go out of their way not to do too much storyline-based stuff because this show's been in the can, you know, for a very long time. This has never really been a storyline-heavy show, though. It's usually always been like, let's just get out there and go. Yeah, and they're not even out there. They're in the Indianapolis. They it's don't like, go out there anymore. It's just they, regular fans. It's not all army guys like it used to be. Yeah, for years, they've stopped going out there. You know, they show all they do is show flashbacks of the times that they did go out there. Next match that was Emma yeah, and Tamina. Like, uh, Emma and Tamina against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler was the next match on this Tribute to the Troops special. It's our annual Tamina signing. Yeah, right. They needed her for something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember we were all excited because it was like, Tamina's a tag team champion. And now she's just back to being here. Existing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Tribute to the Troops show, the kind of lost its meaning. I don't blame them for not going out there, quite frankly. But, you know, it's less of a tribute now. It's more like just a Christmas special that they do. That they yeah. Couple... It, it, it's hit, like, AEW levels of, like, it's a name, it's a theme, it's a thing. It's a, it's an episode of Superstars. They just tape a couple of dark matches and put the tribute to the troops graphic up, in my opinion. <laughs> basically, that's what they do. You know, like, no one came here to see the tribute to the troops. I bet if we look at the ticket sales, there was it, this was the back of a SmackDown or something. Or the front of a Raw. <laughs> You know, we'd probably be able to tell by people's outfits if we were attentive to that who was doing what, but there's no way that this was its own thing. Somebody had to come out after the end of SmackDown. You guys want to hang out and be a part of Tribute of the Troops? Tamina taps to, to freaking Chain. That's how uncannon this is, right? Oh, you're not wrong. Uh, they show some more troop stuff and show, like, all the heroic stuff and them getting medals and things that you guys in our demographic are not going to really care about. This is kind of cool, though. This part here, we could watch this a little bit where they show like uh, the old wrestlers. 
Jacksonville, team of WWE superstars and staffers in support of the men and women who Eddie, all Rikishi, Stone Cold. Taking the same risk we do to come here and put this show on. Tensions were high. We were headed into a war zone. Baghdad, Iraq. I've come here to simply say thank you. To those who were sacrificing so much those 20 years ago. This was more than I could have ever imagined. WWE comes here! Woo! Thanks, Kevin. That's no kidding. The Bagram. So much fun. And it was even more special that it was a tribute to the troops. I promoted yesterday, and then they come out here today. It's just, this, is, this is unbelievable. The WWE knows what I know. Our troops are our finest citizens. That's terrifying. I am the Miz! WWE tribute to the troops. So yeah, keep in mind, didn't Biden call all the troops back? There, there is no place to go to entertain troops right now, right? <laughs> I don't think there is. And there might still be some reserves out there. I don't know exactly how it works. Anyway, six-man tag team match up next: Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, and Sheamus against the Imperium: Giovanni Vinci, Gunther, and Ludwig Kaiser. It's Sheamus and the honorary Broodies. No. Mm-hmm. That goes Wonderful to show stuff, you, though. Great six, yeah, man. That goes to show you how long ago this was taped. Sheamus and them are still working as a... Uh, are they heels now, I guess? Sheamus no, I think the they're still faces. Yeah, are they? Yeah, I guess so, because they're with Drew. You're right. Yeah. And, I mean, this shows how long it's back. The fact that, like, I think this was still during the uh, Sheamus and Gunther feud. Gotcha. Or the tail end of it, because we haven't seen them in the same interactions since then. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, you see, tribute to the troops has become more or less like just uh, an homage to the troops. Yeah. You know? Which isn't bad. They did something, whatever. This came on at a weird time. This was on Fox at 2.53 p.m. Right, there hadn't, even, there hadn't even been like rampages that early. But 2.53, it wasn't even like on a normal time, like 2.53 p.m. <laughs> you know, do you think about that time to put on this, this shit? Saturday at 2.53 p.m.? <laughs> If you don't feel like watching that last seven minutes of Steve Wilkos, here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they gave no fucks at the timestamp of this, you know? Point seventeen in the 18 to 49 demographic, 220,000 viewers. Probably the ones that were watching the end of something else. <laughs> you know, congratulations at that, geniuses. This is the lowest viewership for Tribute to the Troops since its inception back in 2003. If you, if you guys don't feel like watching the end scene in the credits, here we go. Yeah, this was definitely poorly placed, to say the least. It, it didn't even feel like it was poorly placed. It just feel like it was just like, all right, what what, what time slots do we have? All right, put up seven. I'm going to throw a dart. Whichever one we hit, that's the one we got. And somebody yeah. laying on 2.53 p.m. on Saturday. And yeah, the baby faces go over because it's a freaking tribute show. Right. You can't have the foreigners going over on the America show. Yeah, exactly. It's for the troops. Let's not forget that. So yeah, that was he the lowest. The shit out of you have to join the foreigners way. Yeah, so that was the lowest tribute to the troops. Oh. I know, right? <sighs> Ricochet, tribute to the troops is one of my personal favorite shows of the year. But you've got to just have so much fun putting on an absolute show for the veterans like you did tonight. Uh, absolutely, this is uh, my second time doing something like this for them, and it's always. 
obviously the energy anytime you come to a WWE show it's going to be amazing but these are always like next level and I mean if I can do anything at all to even thank them a little bit for what they do for us and what they do to allow us to be able to do what we can do if I can if, if I can go out there and give them a performance like this to get them loud to get them excited to get them going if I can do something like that then it's the, the least that I can do for the amount of sacrifices and the things that they do for us so like I, like you said like anytime I can go out there it is it is amazing the energy's up the adrenaline's up the electricity is through the roof and uh, man like you like you said earlier tribute to the troops is always one of my favorite things to watch to see and now it's one of my favorite things to perform for, uh, for. so uh, it's, it's just great man it's always it's always cool Pulling out that win, got to feel so good on top of all of it. Absolutely. The win on top of going out there for them and thanking them. The win is like the cherry on top for everything. You know what I mean? So it just it, it caps off the night perfectly. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, yeah. Well, that was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So random story here jack gallagher had an mma pro debut oh interesting was that an early stoppage in your opinion It could be considered one, but at the same time, the way he fell, that ref probably was like, if I let this go, like, it's not going to last. It was probably one of those things, like, how I, how I always, um, I always give Herb Dean credit because when he saved Ronda, it's because he knew where that was going. Like, some refs, like, some refs will stop. There's some refs where they have sometimes stopped it early, but there's other cases where they know just by the way you drop, you probably are, if you're not out out you're basically on the way out so his name's real name jack claffy he lost to marion jones in the first round tko he got claffed yes he actually like, like look at him when he looks up at the ref he looks like he's not all there you see he looks up at the ref like he's like stunned like like when he tries to get up, that could have been his body going on instinct. Because we've seen that happen sometimes. Where um, I think one of my favorite examples is um Renato Soberall when Chuck Liddell knocked him out, he started wrestling the ref. Yeah, yeah, that's happened many a time to people. Because like yeah, you he, see, like their bodies go on autopilot at that point. But yeah, he tweeted out saying, "Very disappointed in myself and my performance. Happy tonight ended with a win for um Mar Marlon Jones, um who's worked exceptionally hard for it." And uh, thank you to everyone that reached out. Messages of support are always welcomed and appreciated. One win and one loss in 2022. Life is all about balance. Bring on 2023. But first, coffee cake and Clara Sinclair. What the hell is that? I believe she's not an artist. Like a musician. Yeah, see, he got caught right on the button. Boop! <laughs> Gone. Brutal. Brutal. I love how they say he has one win and one loss in 2022, but the only thing that came out with the one loss, that tells you people ain't shit. <laughs> I didn't even know he was doing MMA already. I heard that he was going to start doing it. I just didn't know he'd already started. 
All right, well, let's talk about Raw. It's Raw! This is Raw, episode 1543, which came to us from Des Moines, Iowa. I wonder if I said it correctly. It's the Wells Fargo area. Yeah, um, Des Moines. Des Moines, thank you. Yes. Des Moines. Open with Paul Heyman backstage. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. I serve as special counsel to your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Monday Night Raw, the home of Kevin Owens, and continually tries to crash the gates of the island of relevancy. And he's not by himself. No, no. Who'd he go to get? John Cena. You're going to need the entire Raw locker room because you've interfered in my business. We're going to torture you. We're going to make your life a living hell until you understand the fact that everybody in that locker room, everybody in the audience acknowledges the bloodline. They just start beating up people backstage. Hey, how you? They did. They did show like a hype video. That was a hype video ass whooping. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. After we just whip people's asses, right? <laughs> right. First match of the night: the tag team match of the Street Profits, Dan, Angelo Dawkins, and Montez Ford, being accompanied by Kira Tozawa, against the Judgment Day's Damian Priest and Finn Balor, being accompanied by Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Oh, this was so fun. Yeah. And then, of course, he got the bloodline yeah, backstage. People. <laughs> whipping people's asses backstage. I believe one of them was Chase U, I think, right? At one point? Yeah. What the hell is he even doing back there? It's the wrong show, buddy. That's why you don't come to the main roster. Right. You came on a night where they just felt like fucking people up. I don't know if it was a storyline or if it's that they needed extras. Oh, trust me, they needed extras. Yeah, probably it's like, it's Christmas. We don't care. Nice float over DDT. Montez is trying, boy. There's that hot tag. Freaking dog is my god. <laughs> yeah, south of heaven choke slam. Yeah, gotta love this team. It turned out the judgment day was okay, huh? Oh, look what you did, yeah. Tozawa. It burns, mommy. <laughs> mommy, it burns. Is that gonna be a thing? Look at that. Now you got to knock out. Portozawa gets punched in the face and then gets called out for a match. To make it's funny how under normal circumstances that will be a burial, but because it's Rhea, it's like, no, oh, that makes sense. Oh, it's still a burial in my opinion. Like, she made, like, it sucks. But yeah, we get know, an actual energetic like, match. Like she could shoot beat up dudes. So. Big boo boots in the corner. <laughs> he got a hurricane rana there you go there's some offense get in oh, there no dive because of Balor. sorry yeah have to take him out oh you miss that poor baby you did it mommy 
Mommy stacks up dudes too. Yeah. <laughs> the two dudes with attitude again. Sir, call me back. Sorry, between yourself and Bobby Lashley. All due respect, what happened with Bobby and I is between Bobby and I. In the meantime, again, I'm going to keep the. Speaking of Bobby Lashley, do you have a moment? Yeah, let's go to my office. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me, sir. I need you to come with me. Something happened with the loading dock. Sorry, Adam, please. excuse me. God only knows what's happening out there, but if you're willing to bet the bloodline's behind it. Yeah, the bloodline's attacking everybody. Tonight, the good brothers, Gallows and Anderson, go up against the Alpha Academy. There have been multiple attacks at this point backstage. Uh, can you tell me what happened back here? What happened? Bloodline happened. That sucks. It's just everybody getting fucked up. Tag team match: Alpha Academy's Chad Gable and Otis against the OCs, Carl Anderson, Lou Gallows, being accompanied by AJ Styles and Mia Yim. Hey, thank you. <laughs> He's so fucking obnoxious. I love it. It's great. Almost equal. Oh. oh, this was great though. This this was a lot of I've I'm I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Chad Gable all over again. Like, yeah. and even Otis. Yeah, like I'm enjoying Otis. I just need them to split that team up because it's just they work better by themselves right now. Maybe they don't have to. You know, let's see because it's being managed better now. Yeah, see, that, uh, that's the one thing that was good. Like, I, I'd rather see them separate, but this doesn't suck, so it's okay. Nice. Love the double teams, too. Seeing a lot of their moves do complement each other at this point. They've been teaming together for a while now. Yeah. The magic killer. And here comes the bloodline just for the hell of it, right? Screw this OC shit. <laughs> We don't know what that is. We're usually going to smack them, but fuck everything here. I love that that was their attitude. We run this business. These people have no problem with what we're doing. These people love to hear the Usologist. Roman Reigns and the bloodline here tonight. Going to wind up with some sort of SmackDown versus Raw dilemmas here after a while. Because these guys are going to sit around and take that shit. It wouldn't surprise me if the OC shows up on a SmackDown. You know? Just randomly. Well, they, they're baby fans. They didn't want to just randomly fuck shit up. Joined by Alexa Bliss and the Raw Women's Champion. Can you explain what happened after the match? I don't trust you. Going on right now, Ray Wyatt abducts me. He left me broken with abandonment issues and took everything from me. I was alone. Don't even recognize that I'm, I'm still trying to work through. You know what, Alexa? I hear you. Honestly, expect me to believe that you don't know what happened. But see, now you're making this about him when this is all about me. That I was winning championships way before you even walked through the door. Forward to the championship match between you both. Oh, 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 oh. What are you doing, Alexa? Heel turn. Full heel turn now. Now we need the dark shit back and it'd be great. That Bray Wyatt storyline is ruining everything. Alexa said, I'm in the car. She on the ground trying to figure out what the hell just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Louder match the Miz versus Dexter Loomis being accompanied by Johnny Gargano. Yep, Miz's money on the line. Miz is a brutal stuff, but I mean it's a ladder match, what do you expect? But we got a nice little surprise. 
Hasn't that money been being spent? Like, they bought gifts for people in the audience, and they've been doing all kinds of shit with it. I mean, considering how, considering this mid-level money, they probably didn't put a dent in that shit. It's dumb. Well, you know what would be great if they, they, they should make the storyline that he finally gets it back and there's like $5 there. <laughs> oh, too late, you know. He's got shows, enough for a Big Mac. Then it just shows like a montage of all the different shit they're doing. They were buying shirts for the crowd and like everything they've done. And like, there's no more money. That's it. Like, how's there still so much money? There's like a ridiculous amount of money. Hurry up and spend it before you have another match. You've had like weeks to get rid of that shit. Right. You know what's going to happen, right? Ciampa's going to come back. He's going to be pissed that you guys fucked with the Miz. He's going to come straight for Gargano. And fucking fuck, fucks. You know, he's, he's going to hate that Gargano did that. And then we somehow got to get a DIY reunion in the middle of that shit. Nah, I don't know. I think they're going to get a feud. That is brutal, Dexter. Oh. Oh, look at that, man. He's got the fuck out of there. He's like, I need my money. Broke his ass bone, too. Oh, poor Miz. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> I like that little howl he does. <laughs> Sound before the before the crush sternum. Such <laughs> a horrible sound to hear. You hear all that meat coming down from the sky. Yeah, Bronson Reed is back. Oh, man. Anyway, next up singles match AJ Styles against Sami Zayn. These two uh, are also really good in the ring with one another, right? I was about to say, what could we say that hasn't already been said? About the chemistry between God. these guys. <laughs> Little to nothing, really. It's funny how in this new Triple H era, how many times in some of these matches I find myself saying the same thing again and again, just because it keeps wanting to being true. Mm-hmm. Like, the styles always match up well. The matches are always good. Everybody always works well. It's sort of like NXT all week long. Right. And Different colors of NXT. We're finally hitting that happy balance that they've always needed. Nice. That's another thing. Sami Zayn using the Brain Buster. Love no, if he gets one from the top rope, it's all over. <laughs> he has one of the prettiest Brain Busters in the business, and they never were letting him do it. I also like like I like the fact that he used the brain buster, but then like AJ's one too, because AJ's is like the lower the ground brain buster. I like when you really get that snap in it, like an Austin Aries brain buster, you know? Yeah, the sheer drop in it. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, solid stuff though. Overall, very very indie hybrid style happening right now with your lucky Pele kick. Exploder in the corner. Signatures I don't think I've seen him do in a while. He's floating the corners usually to set up the, the Haluva kick, right? Yeah. Oh, look, look who it is. I believe he hits him with a Samoan spike here, right? What the fuck? Yeah, he's like, he's added that move to his arsenal now. He's like Umaga. 
He moves like him, and now he has the Simone Spike. <laughs> I love that he's picked. I love that he's brought where Umaga's moves back, and it, and it look and it fits him. That's what's really cool about it. Mm -hmm. Like, like they didn't just give it to one of like one of the to one of the Anawari family. They gave it to the one where like it legit fits his look. For them little Uzi boys to deliver Roman Mondays don't belong to you. They belong. They belong to Seth. Arguably more dangerous than ever before. He sucks, right? <laughs> Nothing belongs to you. Pam is here! And whether you like it or not, you're gonna pass the torch to me. We don't want you ending up like Bobby Lashley, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've grown up. You're not Mr. Selfie anymore. There is one thing that means more. You will never be, you will never have, you will never be me. I'm not on my level. How many times have they given you the ball and you fumbled it? That you are just the third most successful member of the Shield. Ouch. Is that just statistically true? I don't think so. Right, I was just saying it's not. <laughs> At worst, second. That's fucked up. You left your raw brethren there to get jumped. He was a Vegeta his Goku, and just like Goku, I'm like, you ain't see that coming? Thank God Owens was there to save the day. An old friendship rekindled after so long. I want to fight the best version of Bailey and the best version of Bailey. So you and me, we're a lot alike. We've both been underestimated, rose up and changed the game. And we we'll both have done things that we're not so proud of. And I did all those things by myself. If you're going to stab me in the back, at least be the one holding the knife. I'll be ready. Because win or lose, I'll die on my own sword. You can't say the same thing. Strong words from Becky Lynch. I want Very strong words. That brings us to the next match of the night singles match Becky Lynch versus Bailey. The way he says it, right? <laughs> I, love, I love Becky's little jig before the match gets started. He has to throw out that Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> this is an old Excellent callback. Old feud. Right, this is a way back one. Like, my God. Situation face first. In Dakota Kai. Over Becky Lynch, who kicks out of two. Let's see. Bailey with Eo and Dakota. Impo. 
I'm gl so glad Becky's back to normal as well. Not that dumbass Becky that we had for a while, you know. She no, she no longer has her momentum though. But that's their own fault for everything that they did. Yeah, but I'd rather her. I'd rather her not have that momentum and not be that goofy, big time Becky bullshit. Like, at least this way, like you know, she'll be able to work her way back up to that and it not suck. Mm -hmm. no, this match gradually got more and more physical as time went on. Bailey to belly. She pulls it on a diamond dust. Like Get out of here. Now you guys got to go. <laughs> Be gone. Oh, surprise. I'm kind of sad, though, she had to say idiot before she plans everybody with that move, though. Right. Unbelievable. Anyway, non-title tag team match of Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins against Jimmy and Jay Uso. Oh, oh god, this match was so fun. Yeah, whoever thought that we'd see these guys together again after everything. He had to remind him, you tried to steal my WrestleMania match back when we were buddies. <laughs> you tried to steal my whole idea to get to WrestleMania and everything. I'm not mad anymore, but just understand, I remember. Yeah. I was there, I seen it. Yeah, I'm still uh, loving the most, especially when it comes to, like the whole bloodline stuff. And it's become just like it's. I'm glad that the Usos have finally gotten to the same point with Roman. It's like you can't even fathom the concept of them losing those titles anymore. Yeah, where before it was always like a clutch, right? It was like, oh shit, Roman will be mad. Roman will be mad. And I was kind of like, nah, you guys, you're gonna have a hard time taking the titles. Gonna have I mean, to have even before, plan. even before the bloodline like legit formed. There were always occasions where it's like, you know, somewhere down the line, they're going to lose them. I can't even fathom that concept anymore. No, not at all. They've really built them like, up. They've, they've built the entire bloodline up to the point where the second one of them loses those titles, it's going to be earth shattering. Definitely. You see, that's what you do for messing with, with the OC. They're not going to forget yeah, about it. Back, <laughs> You're lucky they didn't show up on SmackDown. I didn't feel like waiting five days. Beautiful kick there. What I love so much about that little bit is like it was interchanging fuse throughout the whole night. OC jumping the Usos back for jumping them earlier. Austin Theory jumping Rollins for talking shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's how you do it though. That's what that's how you book a show. And then these that was two just interchanging madness. And these two and the and the whole history behind them. That's good booking. This is what good booking looks like. There's so many people who are confused. They're like, what is this? Isn't it weird how things go back and forth and they connect and there's like all these different characters and things that happen? It's like, yeah, that's how that's called booking. That's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
You know, do you remember booking? <laughs> I even felt that much chaos and freaking Miz casting on Orton. That was some bullshit. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Interchange and madness. And it was like, I, I love the best because by that time, I had already forgotten Theory and Rollins had that interaction. So I was like, oh, yeah, he was talking shit. That explains why he came in there and beat him over the head with the title. I forgot, but he didn't. Of the double or nothing, winner takes all ladder match, the Miz. Oh, you smell that? Smell it. Go ahead, smell it. You ever see this amount of money? That's the smell of victory, baby. I beat Dexter Lumen. And now him and his dumpster diver friends can go back in the hole they crawled out of. But this isn't about them. This is about me and my money. Oh, I have so many people to thank. First, I want to thank my beautiful, gorgeous, sexy wife, because without her, none of this would have been possible. She quadrupled my allowance. I also want to thank my baby girls, Monroe and Madison. But I also want to thank my close personal friend, an up-and-coming superstar who I helped pave the way for his long-awaited return. Ladies and gentlemen, Bronson Reed! It was an honor. Getting you back into WWE because you have all power, brutality, killer instinct. And need I say to be honest, I owe you a great time. You are a stopping machine. I mean, you're scary as hell. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Where's my money? You know I'm good for it. Do I? Do I? We good? We're good. I wish you would have just reached over and just off camera. All you see is the hand going and grab one more stack. <laughs> Byron's like, I don't know about this. My money. Oh, I missed you. Poor guy. That's gonna be Miz's gimmick, right? He's gonna just always hire fired NXT people to come do his dirty work and then not pay them. He's trying. No, what he's <laughs> gonna do is every at the end of every segment, his, you, you'll know when it's his last segment of the night because he just hands Bronson Reed another stack. He's gonna have the Dixie Carter gimmick. He's gonna hire people who <laughs> fires, promised them great shit, and then just fuck them over. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something right now. The day he, the day Miz called anybody sugar, I quit. Oh, man. Every time somebody mentions Dixie Carter gimmick, that's the first thing I think is him calling somebody sugar. We need help now. Uh. 
Rorded 1,705,000 viewers, 0.43 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up from last week's 1,472,000 viewers with the 0.37 in the 18 to 49 demographic, and up from the previous week as well. So, yeah, they're rising in ratings. Everything's looking gravy on their side. Yep, dancing on that 2 million. Oh, yeah. They haven't tapped it in a little while, but they, they can get there. It's a lucrative business. True that. So Tomatonga was on uh, Renee's show. This is what he said. Gallows and Anderson going back to WWE. What is the deal? I got worried and I said, you know, you guys don't just don't screw me over. Please. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I was part of the reason that you guys came back. You know, they left on good terms and everything. But just to bring them back, you know, it was definitely a part of that. Finally, he was like, OK, well, we're going to sign. And, you know, somebody's going to have to talk to WWE. So, of course, that means me. Obviously, there was uh, some confusion on when they the dates that they were going to actually do. And, uh, you know, there was that, that November 5th show that Anderson had already been announced for for New Japan. But then it was also the same time that the Saudi Arabia show was going on. Finally, he went and did this last show, um, successfully defended the title. So now he'll be at the Tokyo Dome to face Tama Tonga, which is really exciting. What are the odds uh, that maybe um, one AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, were to uh, make his way out to the ring with Carl Anderson? <laughs> Anything Silence. is possible, Renee. Dun, dun, dun. And he's not wrong. That's the cool part about it. And yeah, yeah. kind of with that announcement, Carl Anderson will be making history. He's the first signed WWE star to ever compete at Wrestle Kingdom. Very cool. See, that would never happen under Vince's regime. Nah. This regime, you're never allowed to say wrestle in kingdom in the same sentence. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's why we haven't heard any further word about him coming back or anything, you know? <laughs> Stay your ass home. Shit. <laughs> it's nice out here now. Mm hmm. What else do we got here? I mean, this is a story that might interest you. We got to bring it up because I have a feeling that more is going to come of this. Usually I wait for it to boil over a little bit, but I'm like, this one feels like it might. So let's start to deal with it this week. So Miro. Miro. According to Melser, so take it with a grain of salt. In September, Tony Khan came to Miro and he had an idea which would build to a match at the November pay-per-view, full gear, and he didn't want to do it. Um, apparently, uh, I guess it had to do with him losing is what Melser implied here, and he's saying that uh, a lot of people coming from WWE are very leery about losing. And then his wife comes in and says, Rusev's day is going to come back to WWE, um, everybody goes back to WWE, which he did say in a recent interview. I did hear her say that when she said, like, you know, let's be real about it. Everybody eventually goes back to WWE. 
And then, uh, you know, Melissa points out that if he's Tony Khan at that point, um, given everything that's happened and the wife of the wrestler saying that everyone goes back to WWE, it's kind of like, why waste time pushing the guy if you have 100 guys in the roster who want to be here? Now you've got these guys who want to be in WWE and a lot of the guys wanted to leave. And it's like the guys who signed there, if there's guys who want to be on WWE and just got fired and everything, but can't wait to get hired back. Honestly, doesn't know if it would be beneficial to push those guys. After that, Miro, I guess, heard this, and then he tweeted, Dave Meltzer, what happened between January and June? I don't know what his point would be there, because I would be asking you the same question, Miro. What did happen between January and June? <laughs> right. I've been wondering the same thing in regards to, like, your storylines or anything with him. But he's implying, I guess, that this bullshit what Meltzer's saying. Well, who really knows? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to guess with Meltzer nowadays. Like yeah. once you want like once we hear a story and the first thing I hear is according to Meltzer, I'm like, oh shit. Gonna have to wait on this one. Exactly. What do you think of the use of Rusev overall though? You haven't seen the fucking guy in forever, like the last time I saw him, it was the match with Malachi. And even a little bit before then, he was talking about, like, coming back to redeem himself with his championship and all this stuff. And I'm like, you don't have somebody cutting those kind of promos, and then after they have one match, you don't use them anymore. Like, he, yeah, he's probably going to be back there sooner than rather than later, because if Tony's not going to use him, Triple H sure as shit will. <laughs> Well, we'll see, because now both rosters seem to have an established direction that they're going to in regards to landscape. They may not, nobody probably needs them right now, unfortunately. Some people fall between the cracks. They Could they have done yeah. more? Sure. You know, but I don't really see. And it also depends, like, does he really want to get back in there? Or is he just enjoying getting to relax a little bit? Like? It doesn't sound like it. I've heard multiple times over the months that he's been frustrated. So either everybody's yeah. lying or he's been frustrated. You know, it's one or the other. I can imagine it being be more that he's frustrated, though. Yeah, I would I'd like to so hope he's enjoying a little bit of chill time, but I uh, doubt it. Yeah, so do I. All right, let's cover some NXT. It came to us well, from, the, from the same place, episode 660, Orlando, Florida's Performance Center. It starts with a singles match. Carmelo Hayes being accompanied by Trick Williams against Axiom. <laughs> Damn song, right? It's erratic. <laughs> I'm gonna do it every time. <laughs> hey, I like that gimmick. Ever though, since you know? freaking Iron Survivor, <laughs> I like that gimmick. I got no complaints about it. Oh god! But now this yeah. was absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, really solid stuff. You know, they're both really great workers here. You know, not really much more so to you say. Have, you have main eventers, and both of them use them right. Yeah, Carmelo Hayes looking good. Um, yeah, Axiom, I'm glad that they give him, like, he has a bit of a twist. He speaks English, for one. Number two, he has a good sense of humor, you know? Yeah. So it's like they're able to give him more of a personality and have him do more things, which makes it, like, special. And he's very athletic. He was a kid, I remember. Yep, he was a kid in uh, NXT UK, which is why I was excited when he came over, because I'm like, I know the level of agility this guy has. I know the athleticism. But I like that the Axiom character gives him a little bit more depth to his character. Yeah, normally it's better than a Sinkara. It's like somehow the Sinkara gimmick's corny and this one somehow worked itself out better. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
Grayson Waller, you requested this time. What's on your mind? If Roxanne didn't have to wait till New Year's Eve for her title match, why should I wait till New Year's Eve for my match with Braun? Night! Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Well, Grayson Braun's not even here. He's on a media tour promoting Vengeance Day. Not in North Carolina. I don't care where he is. The challenge is out there. But I know he's got the USA Network, and I know he's streaming on his phone right now. Hey, Braun, meet me in the middle of the ring tonight, bitch. Yikes. He said that? <laughs> Angry. Absolutely. Perfect. Guess who's got a North American championship match next week? No way. Let's go, Don. It was his idea. What a gavon. <laughs> Great. What do we do now? Is you're going to go tell Dijak to stay out of our business. But until then, tell him to stay out of my way. Hey, hey hold on. Stacks, stacks, stacks. Wait, wait, wait. You got St. Brown Breaker? Take care of that thing. Yeah, go do it. Tell him I'm looking for him. Can you do that for me? Yeah, sure. But do the Don any favors. But did you did I hear that correctly? Oh, we go straight into that. <laughs> no way, straight ass. Mm -hmm. They hate each other that much. Realistic hate. Mm -hmm. No posing, no entrances, straight ass. That's the way it gotta be sometimes. Oh yeah. This is a pretty good match, though. I almost yeah. would have maybe saved it for New Year's Evil just because there's a special event, but they're starting to become like AEW here at NXT, though. Like everything's a special event. Yeah, at least they have pace in between theirs, though, and the names make sense. Somewhat. I wish they would just go back to takeovers and nothing else be special. It's not like NXT Slam Dunk. Like AEW was not just weird. Like. Ropes got the bitch. You were seconds away from winning the Iron Survivor Challenge until Roxanne Perez became victorious. Look, Roxanne Perez is the luckiest person alive right now. She doesn't deserve that title. I do. Actually, talking yeah! shit. <laughs> Pull apart. Hasn't been the best few weeks. NXT Women's Tag Team Title Triple Threat Match Katana Chance and Caden Carter defend the titles against Ivy Nile, Tatum Paxley against Te Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. A whole lot of bodies in this. Good lord. Mm -hmm. I can't believe Caden and Katana won it. I guess they're going to stay with that run for the time being. Oh yeah. They got a good, they got a good set of champions there. I don't know why. I kind of thought that maybe to, to strengthen Toxic Attraction, given circumstances, that they were going to win it back, you know? I mean, they've had it like, what, eight, nine times like this? They, 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 those tag titles aren't going to do anything for them anymore. Crazy. All hard and stuff. Unfortunately... Ivy and Tatum, they're not ready for those titles yet. They still have a long, long way to go. But oh, they yeah. still perform really well in this. It never even occurred to me that it would be them. I would have been shocked. Hey, like, if you want to swerve some people, you have them sneak in the back door and win it. But no, not, not just yet. Maybe somewhere down the line, though. Or mm -hmm. Ivy just got pinballed. <laughs> Uh-oh, good crotch chop. Everyone uses it nowadays. Oh, wow. 
it in. Bam, Tag was made, and that is again. Pull her ass through. She dragged her through the ropes like that. That could have been it. I think she rolled through. Gotcha. Yeah, never seen anybody uh, counter the diamond chain like that. I don't think I've ever seen anybody, anybody counter the diamond chain, period. Orphans in the Matrix, searching for the one. You're the one who said, you know, when you was a little girl, you was going to do it. How'd it feel? A mix of emotions. I honestly didn't really expect for it to happen. You know, I walked into your school at yeah. 16 years old. And yeah. Like what happened so quick. I mean, this has been like a meteoric rise for you. It was the first ever breakout tournament winner. Man, the Iron Survivor Challenge, you pulled it off. You know, you made history. The first ever. I remember a conversation that we had when I was going to have my tryout. And I didn't want to wait until New Year's Evil. I wanted to bet on myself that night. And that's one thing I could say you been preparing since day one. Champion to former champion. Everybody at um, Reality Wrestling, everybody's so proud of you. Let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> At least they made a storyline out of it. You know, I think inevitably that's what was going to happen, just not when it did. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think that was going to happen regardless. Thank you, thank you. Before I get started, I just have one thing to say. I got to congratulate NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez. I got to say, that was very, very well deserved. I thought that I'd be leaving Deadline as the new NXT champion. As a matter of fact, I knew it in my heart. I knew it. I had the opportunity to capture the title that I came back to this energy for. Now, we all saw what happened, that I've been knocked down a few pegs, but that is okay. Out of championship contention. NXT is back on the road. Hello, hey, y'all can cut that music. How can you see that NXT title from the back of the line? We're talking about who's next in line for contention. I am. You got it all, man. You and I never been on one-on-one, -on -one, but I have no problem at all. You know what? I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. You got everything and everybody, look at this man. Look at him! But the one thing that you don't have, you're talking about the NXT Championship? Because as I look at you, neither do you, Apollo. The one thing that you don't understand is that no matter how good you think you are, somebody out there better than you. Yeah, like Braun. Braun Breaker. So I'm say it ain't you. <laughs> I am. Like the number of people that are older than you will never increase. Oh. You got everything. everything. Yeah. Oh, you got everything, huh? Yep. So you got Kamala's mask. Have you two never broken the law and been to jail? Never! Please come and just pledge allegiance to the flag. No, we'll do no, it. no, no, no. That was last week. New day as your you get that. I need that Tyler Breeze selfie stick. Very important. It's for a party. Yo, she's always fucking her up. Right. <laughs> like, look how badly she fucks up with that. The Idol of Dog came to NXT with a Zenkai boost. I don't remember her fucking up poor Kaylee this bad before. Like, she is wrecking her.
you're going to stop trying to fill the voids? When are you going to realize the feeling that you're chasing is just temporary? But <laughs> you know we don't believe in that schism What's bullshit. What's not to believe, Idris? All I see is three individuals bonded by a false reality. You've convinced is fun? So, uh, have fun tonight, boys. Let's go and get to your you guys seen Brian? Has he been in me? How you doing? He's leg up the last one. This is mad! What you guys yelling at me for? Ronnie! Where you at, Ronnie? This poor Rowan here suffering in the motherfucker. You guys see Brian? He's so obnoxious. Story 16 tickets are available now. Four. <laughs> right now, last week, it was Lopez who talked. Lopez is back to make a start. So they give her brass knuckles, huh? They gotta give her something because she doesn't have Legato anymore. That's not very NXT of her. <laughs> you don't really see that kind of shit too often, you know? Right, that's different. Good match overall, though. She's coming along. Oh, yeah. Andy Hartwell and her mean streak that's going nowhere. She's <laughs> just mad as hell, whooping, on, whooping the ass on sight. Jesus. My finger one more time. I am fame. Just clear me and let me go. Your vision's normal and you're not experiencing any more irritation. You've agreed to defend your North American Championship against Tony D'Angelo next week. Look, I refuse to be a reactionary champ. I may get some bumps and bruises along the way, but why stop when I become champion? It's fair. After I beat him, you have to take it one opponent at a time, and I'm starting with the one with the biggest mouth of them all. Tony wants this as bad as he claims. He could try to take it from me next week. I know I have Dijak lurking in the shadows. I'm ready to deliver my own cold heart backs. This title isn't leaving my shoulder anytime soon. Love it. See you, Wes. She's really good. So fucking Ruka. That girl is incredible. <laughs> oh my god. Yo, go back to that sound. That was awful. Oh. It's so ridiculous. What do you get the man that has everything? So, oh, number one professor. Thank you, Mr. Chase. A hundred times more. Groundhog! 
Merry Christmas, everybody. This is great. Bell and Henley, I want to talk about what happened earlier this week with Kiana James. Thing at a time, we'll deal with the bar later, but tonight, we're ready to rock it. Mm -hmm. Never thought we'd be facing the New Day next tag team titles. So tonight, we're going balls to the wall, Mackenzie. Yes, we are. Biggest match of our lives tonight. 2023 was going to be our year, and what's a better way to walk into it? Tag Team Champions! Woo! You're kidding me. We're not doing this. This isn't about the bar. Save it, Fallon. Our issue with the bar will be handled next week. I didn't come here to talk to you. I came for him. Good luck tonight, Brooks. Thanks, Kiana. Guys, let's get on going. Really? really? What are you looking at, Mackenzie? I'm all business, but I'm still a woman. Ah, that delivery hurt. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Yeah. couple matches i know i can get better at this i'm not afraid of the hard work either do you have any advice anything you saw i'm willing to bust my ass for this really you know uh hank hank walker yes sir i uh i admire your zeal next week i'm hosting a seminar and i'd like you to attend for sure i don't want you to participate i just want you to observe uh, All right. thanks drew uh, sorry to interrupt it's okay yeah oh we talk about students of the game Rick. That brings us to the NXT Tag Team title match. The New Day's Kofi Kingston and Xavier Wood defending the championship against Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs being accompanied by Fallon Henley. Oh, it's so good to have the New Day in NXT. Yeah, they're really taking this run seriously, huh? Gonna help elevate yeah. the tag titles. Elevate the tag titles? Shoot, give them fresh tag teams to fight. It works in every sense of the way. Yeah, it really does. They're not joking around at all. Like the rest of the tag team division got to step their game up. For sure. I'm still a woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm about the business, but I still got titties, you know. Oh yeah, this is a good match. This was excellent. Brooks and Jensen did quite a job, quite a good job in this one. Yeah, definitely. It's like you know they're not gonna win, but it's like the experience of the match was still fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this team actually turned out all right. I like them now. Yeah, they worked out well. Like I, I, I did not have high hopes for them at start, but. Nice moonsault. Oh, his whole face got moonsaulted. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I see a band that big do a moonsault. Do they retain the titles? Okay. NXT North American title on the line. Gotta do with the Veer tag team. Down the line at New Year's Evil. Braun Breaker! Where you at, huh? On the 
NXT Championship right here, right now. Oh, wait, you're a coward. No one can touch me. I do this 24-7. I live this. Or that roster that can do what I do. Braun likes to bark because he got that dog in it. I think that Braun is an absolute... <laughs> you rang. He traveled all the way here just for you. Look at that. He pulled the old Bret Hart versus Goldberg. It was just on a guy with a way better spear. I haven't seen that one in a really long time. Right. I like that. I like that callback. Terrible. Got that motherfucker with the old Bret Hart special. Ain't that some shit? Mm-hmm. NXT did 705,000 viewers with a .14 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up from the 666 that they did last week, but they had a .17 in the 18 to 49 demographic then. Either way, they're hovering around the same area that they usually are. Exactly. Doing better than uh, doing better than Rampage, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they got a time slot that doesn't suck, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let me just take a quick look at what else we got going on here. Oh, yeah. TMZ published the arrest video from Patrick Clark, a.k.a. Velveteen Dream from August. Oh, yeah, I've, I keep passing by this, but I haven't watched it. Neither have I. Oh, we will now. Right. See this madness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go to my car. Am I being arrested? Yes, you are. For what? Sir? Battery. For, for, for battery? battery? Yeah. Can you show me? Oh my god. That's not true, sir. Have a seat. Yes, sir. Sir, that's not true, though. That's okay, not put true, your, sir. Put your arms down low so that. Sir, that's Don't even bother talking to them. They're just robots. Can I call my lawyer? Right, they're just going to keep going. <laughs> okay. When you, you get a chance later, you get a chance later to call your attorney. Can I, can I grab my phone? Uh, all that will be coming with us. All that will be coming with us. All that will be coming with us. Give me his bag. The little bag. Bro, please, please, please. I didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? I didn't do anything wrong. This is illegal. This is illegal, sir. This is illegal. This is illegal, sir. Sir, can you tell me what I did wrong? We told you. It was a battery. What was the battery? The battery, you had a fight with him. You bit him. Um, I didn't fight him, sir. I didn't fight him. Okay. The other, Where's the proof of that? The other thing is... Sir, there's no other thing. I didn't can, fight can him. Can I finish? Where's my lawyer? I need my lawyer. I'm suing. I'm suing. Sir, where's my lawyer? You know, give me a lawyer. I'm suing. Please, drive me where I'm going. I'm suing. Okay. I'm suing. This is bullshit. You're going to the jail. That's where you're going. Morning, bro. Yeah, it is. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? For what? Sir, you spoke to me. I'm not... 
No, I am not talking to you. Why is that? Because you're just, you're just rambling on. No, I'm not talking to you. It sure is. Can you just Yikes. sit back and relax? We have to wait for this train to go by. All right, then, then just sit back and relax. What have I gotten myself into? What did I do? Sit back and relax. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so not currently you don't it shit says august 2022 what wwe do you work for i may be a little inebriated i went into that bathhouse trying to enjoy myself i met two different guys that was very enjoyable the third guy was not he tried to get me kicked out the other guy got me kicked out and I was not willing to leave without my license. I cannot leave the premises without my vehicle. I was not read my Miranda rights and I was put under yeah. arrest. So keep that. I was not read my Miranda rights and I was put under arrest. Okay. So keep that. I was not read my Miranda rights and I was put under arrest. So all right, yeah, and then, yeah, just forces. bring someone bring me I was not read my Miranda rights. Okay. I know your camera Thank should you. be on. Right. I was yeah. not read my Miranda rights and I was put under arrest. That's a point. I think you are supposed to be red. Yeah, Miranda. Yeah, yeah. That's like one of the first thing you're supposed to do once they make it clear they're arresting you. Can we do this episode with my Miranda rights? <laughs> no. He just said so many times. I want to do that. <laughs> well, he's trying to drown him out with the music, huh? <laughs> Why did he put his handcuffs in front of him? Did I miss something? That's what? Yeah, cause they were. They were definitely not in front of him when they put him in. What is he wearing? I don't know. 
Like, did he have nothing else? <laughs> what the fuck is he wearing underneath his pants? I don't know what that was. Do I want to know? Let's get that a little bit more because I know you can't see. What's in... What is that? Oh, God. Like, what the hell does he have in his pants? I, uh, we might want to leave that in a mystery, you know? <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what's crazy this shit is. You put them there in front of So almost 99% positive he didn't tell him his Miranda. <laughs> Yo, you can't. <laughs> oh my god. That was an experience. That, that, that was way crazy. That was way crazier than I expected it to be. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Oh my god. Dreadful, right? That was some shit, huh? I Maybe that cop better that cop had better got the rest of the day off because he gonna need it after experiencing that, huh? The one takeaway from that is they didn't read him as Miranda rights. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I can assure you. That's the one you. thing we know for sure. They said that this matter was disposed of in September after the claimed victim indicated he did not intend to prosecute dream entered a plea of not guilty and was freed on $1,200 bond and that's pretty much it if you listen closely on a cold lonely night he's still waiting to get raised Miranda rights <laughs> yeah he definitely is right what the hell <laughs> you can still hear him now it's like a fucking ghost story. Uh, uh. All right, one last stop before we wrap up here, folks, and that is tonight's SmackDown. Believe it or not, this part of the fresh, part of the Christmas spirit of things. By the time you watch this on demand, you'll have probably seen this SmackDown. This was taped back to back with the other one so we really haven't moved we're still in rosemont illinois in the all-state arena two smackdowns in a row superstars getting to go home for christmas that's all state's plan episode 1218 bloodline and ring promo opening the show
smash somebody multiple millions of dollars by whooping John Cena but you see like you I'm curious because I want to know this don't look like the Sammy I know he looks a little flustered he looks a little irritated huh you know, he didn't get his, his big day he shaved and everything by Kevin Owens. His name has been tied. All things you want to bring back John Cena? Or the show? We are going to I thought he was going to pull an eye on the table. I thought he was going to be like, we are John Cena. <laughs> He's in a... I love how he gets old and like, good. <laughs> Undisputed straps on the line. This is an enjoyable match. Top right. Dollar didn't give. He didn't nearly die. Turned <laughs> about. I gotta give one thing though. That was probably the safest. <laughs> At least the way he tumbled. It could have gone awful. This time they said no more flying, motherfucker. Airborne this evening. You stay on the ground. Nice pop up some more. Yeah, do what you do. It's funny that they opened the show with something like this, right? They, they had to know to do that to kick everything off hot. That was like a one point. Yeah, the 1D. On gentlemen, tonight you take on Braun Strowman and Ricochet in a miracle. This match makes some mockery of what we do. Don't put them on our mat with world-class athletes like us, all right? Starting holiday cheer, but we will. By the way, that was a just in case you thought we weren't still in Christmas team. Just in case, yeah. Anyway, next up is... You got Emma and Tegan Knox, Shayna Vegas, and Zia Lee. It's because Zia Lee's in the match. Reason. Stuff as a fucking prowler come and invade the the, the company, <laughs> and then the next day she went from oh, a hero. Also do that. Get me a title shot next week. <laughs> but the, but I can't right now. The baby, somebody. Yeah, right. She two pins. people. Two people. Because there's the second one right now, <laughs> and he's a very nerfed Raquel Gonzalez. Sorry, I forget we're not in NXT anymore. They debuffed. Like, there's no reason she should not be murdering everybody all that wrong. But no, they want her to smile. <laughs> be kicking out of finishers and signatures of this girl. It's another thing that was a bit of a sit down. And I'm surprised on this girl, too. I don't know if it's that Liv being buffed or if it's that Raquel's. Liv's the only one who was in this gauntlet that mattered. The only thing that's weird is that Liv. I guess so. Too much offense considering it really the way these went, two have been booked. It really for a while there, you know. How much did she slap? That's <laughs> so fucked up. And still, too, she hit her with that shit twice, right? Didn't she? She hit on. Um, she hit one on the uh, Zile. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Unbelievable, man. See, that's the only thing about that that was weird. I was like, and then we get Sonya Deville. Such a non-threat, right? 
this was the this was the most uninteresting gun. Only Raquel and Liv even relative. Sonya's still alive for this long. It's a Christmas miracle. Hi. <laughs> she hurls her down like a like a wizard. She's going a bomb from hell. <laughs> Grub. She gets she gets beat the same way in like every single match. So stupid. Dumbass. Like, dude, I, like, I, I don't know if somebody in the back doesn't that means nobody gets to just run through you. It means it's an act of God if you lose. <laughs> she didn't get the rouse well. Not at all. Wild, man. The hardest things in the world for me to do with everyone in the world water wrecking, people being excited to see me. I, and I don't look at myself like that, man. I, mean, I, I It's weird he I don't know, man. LA Knight owes me an apology to me, man. You thought it was me for a minute at least. I am not Uncle Howdy. I never was on Uncle Howdy's. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see him, I think, <laughs> Yeah, let's get to tomorrow where he does it, right? It's coming. No pants. <laughs> Yo, it's going to ruin him now, because I'm just going to be waiting for that part and not give it. <laughs> Yo, that that guy, he threw the pants like it was a fucking flashbang. <laughs> that motherfucker said, PUNTS! Da -da. Pants with the distraction. <laughs> oh, shit. He is new. That's pretty good. He's still finding out new ways to end that combination. Why don't we go out there and show them around to the best goal? Let's not talk about what he was going. Here it goes. They're VFFs now. Is that how you last think you are disrespected? What's this about you calling Riddick a jerker a few weeks ago? Act a fool. Oh, that's what it was. This slap was awesome. You have what you just done. I slapped you. Slapping you, slapping you because you disrespected me. <laughs> The, so basically, Braun Strowman and Ricochet against Imperium. And Braun was the only one who decided to dress up. This might be the Christmas <laughs> match. Maybe this was the Christmas match? Yeah, this was the Christmas street fight. Okay, yeah, this looks more spirit of Christmas here. <laughs> this is worse than tree bumps. I'll tell you, man, you ever get slammed off like a. Oh, come on, use the canes. What are you doing? <laughs> Those will be candy canes and Christmas trees. Tinsel and then super kick them. I love nutcrackers. that. <laughs> they were literal nutcrackers. These are so much Christmas shit going on. 
There's <laughs> ballerinas, raging elves. Like it's a look at that missile kisses. How romantic! I love that they pointed out in our commentary that it's his real life girlfriend. Cause it's about it. You hear that? John Cena celebrate to end off the year, right? Right. We won't know the SmackDown oh. record, right? Yeah, about a few hours ago. Like, oh. we got all in the air. Yeah, we sure did. To be wrapping up as well. It's Eve special. Hope you've all had a bland. That's rather unscheduled. Of course, the shows are over. I just wanted to thank everybody for hanging out. And those of you that were in the chat room on this late on a Christmas Eve, that's the slowest time for what's And on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Pod, for anybody that wants to give it a listen. And, of course, the VODs here on Twitter. Again, for the rest of this week, we're going to have other content. We're still going to be going through other streaming and more of the seasonal content on PSO. We're going to be trying high and narrative-based games, some multiplayer stuff, checking out who knows what else. I want you all to talk brunch to you. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, for myself and Soul Glow Frazier. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. Shut it down.